are we are we are we are we is this audio that's gonna go into the podcast maybe okay <laughs> i won't say <laughs> all the effects it depends on how i feel like editing you know, I'm like, yeah, like the fan, the fans do seem to like every episode to begin yeah, with, like two to three tropes. minutes of you just like fucking around in uh, uh, PowerPoint or whatever else. Like, I, I, I think there by this is. point they expect it. Plus, uh, like uh, they they were missing the activate windows too, so yeah, I'm glad we've got that back. There's our friend. Hmm. I want to enable editing there, bud. Oh boy, let's see. Yeah, enable <laughs> editing. Um. Alright, so if I start this, this... This is such a, like, school project ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you like this. This is on purpose. Uh, <laughs> Webster's, uh, Engli- Webster's Dictionary defines university as... Oh, it's... Unfortunately, uh, Roz has already ruined one of the visual gags. Are you good? No, I can't get the thing to start screen recording properly. Ah. Maybe I need to... I need to remember... Control-Shift-E. Alright. Control Shift E. Now, if I click over here, ah, it's now recording the correct slide. Okay. Great. Great. Good. All right. Here we are. We're doing. We're doing stuff. I believe we can. Let me just make sure I haven't like fucked anything oh, up. No, everything is functioning correctly. <laughs> All right. Terrific. Uh, hello. I'm, I'm going to use go? this as the picture for the episode. Yeah, just, just yeah. a blank white. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. There's a bunch of notes, so uh, enjoy those. Uh, am I taking this? Is this me? Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you go for oh, it. You, you, this you're is you're the showrunner cool. now. Yes, you're great. Justin oh, now. You're the captain. Oh, okay. Oh, captain, my captain. In all seriousness, before we start, I do want to note that this episode. Uh, it's going to talk about rape, it's going to talk about slavery, it's going to talk about rape culture, uh, kind of institutional failures around crime and sexual assault, so if that's upsetting to you, or triggering to you, you know, proceed with caution. Hmm. Uh, the American University gets to some dark places. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll get there, don't you worry. I, I mean, I, I feel like it starts dark, and then it just stays dark. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh... Uh, next slide, please. Okay. Hey, there's my visual gag. <laughs> Very good. Uh, okay, so uh, my mommy went to American University in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to take this moment to say, A, it's a better school than GW, and B, unlike Georgetown, they never sold slaves to keep themselves afloat. <laughs> Uh, which we will talk isn't about. It one of those, isn't it one of those like three company town universities in DC that just like crank out think tank goons? Yeah, uh, or as Roz calls it, a centrist trash factory. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love to like get the Coke fact, the like Coke brothers grant for like rational centrism and like write a thousand articles about how actually factory collapses are good. Well, so, it, well, you see, different countries have different building standards, and that's, yeah, that's okay. Right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's something about Thurston Hall at at GW that just, you know, it that changes That building is cursed, dude. That is a cursed <laughs> building, yeah. You I, have to figure that, like, every old university building, especially American ones, 
super cursed. Like, not just the southern ones with, like, confederate statues, but, like, think about all of the Yale buildings where, like, it's just filled with the kind of, like, accumulated orgo and energy of, like, hundreds of generations of wasps just jerking off with their dads or whatever the fuck it is you have to do to get into Skull and Bones. Yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> um, uh, I like you, Yale, the guy who founded it, was actually kicked out of the uh, British, uh, what was the British East India Company or the Hudson's yeah, Bay Company? Yeah, jerking off with his dad too for, much. For being too <laughs> corrupt. For being too corrupt. <laughs> and and Yaleys are proud of that, so. Yeah, sure. That's what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are conveniently skipping uh, universities in Europe because I don't give a shit, and that's not where I live. Yeah, so they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're boring in a different way, right? Like, yeah. uh, your university well, was founded, founded in the 15th century by the Pope. Who gives a shit? Fuck off. Yeah, kings uh, and the church, and uh, moving swiftly on. Yeah, uh, you don't. We don't have the kind of authentic weirdos who just started colleges like they did in the states. You'll get there. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, next slide, please. Okay. Cool. Oh, that was fast. This is John Harvard. Hmm. Okay. It, it, I that know. sounds like a joke, he didn't right? Found like, Harvard. It, he didn't yeah. found Harvard. <laughs> Depending on what asshole in Cambridge is talking to you that day, <laughs> we know. Okay, on his deathbed in 1638, he bequeathed them a bunch of money, and they renamed it Harvard College, Harvard Corporation, technically in his honor. Uh, Harvard is the first uh, university in the Americas, 1636. Now, the University of Pennsylvania- has a gigantic foot fetish. Like, I see where they've been mm-hmm. rubbing his fucking it's good toes. Luck. It's What's for good luck. luck. It's for oh, good luck. I, I, I see. They claim it is a It's nothing sexual. Sex it's nothing sexual. Yeah, wink, sure. wink, yeah. yeah. Skull yeah. and toes. <laughs> oh my god. No, please, no. <laughs> no. So is this guy... Yes. Ja, let's look up John Harvard's WikiFeed uh, article, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've got a it. It feels like a joke, right? Like, that, that Harvard exists because of a guy called John Harvard sounds like a joke I would make about how the Atmospheric Railway was founded by, like, a guy called John Atmospheric Railway. <laughs> I... I always liked the idea of exhuming his corpse and putting him in a Harvard t-shirt as, as like a joke for MIT. <laughs> well, Jeremy Bentham did that to himself at UCL, at yes, University he did. College London. Yeah. The, the, only weird, the only American level weird university in the UK where the dude just fucking pickled himself. And so there's like a straw dude that looks like him and like has his skeleton in it, just like chilling. And they wheel him out in a glass case to bring him into like board meetings. It rules. Yeah, th- like, I, I always appreciated UCL for just, like, you know, you can't do American universities weird as quite as, as well as we can, mm-hmm. but, like, just imagine being the guy who's got a roll in Jeremy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, one of those, I don't, I don't even, like, a flat card or something, just, yeah, like, I, running into figure... an elevator and a foot fractures off, shit like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. You've got to figure that the case has little wheels, little casters on it. I'm surprised nobody's stolen him. Like that—that that would be like a, a college. Did prank somebody thing, steal right? him in the 1700s? Did they? I I could have swore that Jeremy Bentham's head got stolen more than once. Huh. Good just lord. A, just that's, just a, just a dead Enlightenment philosopher head heist. It's probably, uh, probably just a fraternity, uh, and they whacked it around with the paddle a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, we'll get into fraternities, I'm this, sure. Yeah, we, this is going to be a uh, difficult one for the embalmer to work out. I, I <laughs> actually, uh, in this episode, I don't have anything written down for fraternities and sororities, but mm. like, yeah. Uh, I'm we'll, trying we'll to defend get... the system because you were part of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Many years ago, I too was young and dumb, and uh, don't join Greek life. Mm. Uh, only join what is it? Upsilon Tau Upsilon no, again. Join pi? Halal. Join Halal and make my mother happy, even though <laughs> Halal can absolutely eat shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so Harvard's founded 1636. It's the first university in the Americas. Penn claims that they are the first university because they were started as a university, but I'm not giving Penn credit for shit. Mm. I know I live in Philly. I know I live six blocks from Penn. I fucking hate Penn. <laughs> That's valid. That's so valid. Right. So, like, Harvard, if it wasn't founded as a university, what the fuck was it founded as? It like was founded a clown as a, college? Uh, no, actually, it was founded as a, a kind of like a seminary, basically. They trained huh. uh, Puritan clergy. What one oh. note? One note here, uh, yeah. Liam. You might want to turn yeah. your gain down a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you say all the way up? Yeah. No. Uh, maximum, yeah. Liam. Yeah, maximum. Yeah. Oh, it is actually set to maximum right now. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> is that better? That's much better. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Great. Oh fuck! I lost the Discord window. Okay, there we go. Okay, so <laughs> how how do we get from like training guys to have more buckles on their shoes to the current like monster that that we have today? Uh, okay. So off to a flying start. The first president of Harvard is Henry Dunster, and there's some weird religious proxy war shit in there. Oh good. Uh, where uh he he becomes a Baptist. And the Puritans who ran Massachusetts Bay Colony got real mad about it because obviously part of baptism, as we as we discovered in our Protestantism bonus episode, is a believer's baptism. And the Puritans were real mad that he wouldn't baptize his infant son. Huh. Uh, this actually leads to Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts Bay Colony's charter getting revoked in 1684, partly because they wouldn't stop fucking around with Harvard. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> So yeah, the, the beginning of religious toleration in America is just like a bunch of guys with, with like dumb shoes getting into a fight over dunking a baby in some water. Yes, although to be fair, uh, the myth of buckles on pilgrims slash puritans basically came about because at some point people thought buckles and shit were quaint, so they just added them. Well, he, I, I see right there, he's got he's got the fucking buckles, he's got the buckles on the thing, so I go with what the statue tells me. That, that, is, that is an approach to history that lets me down everywhere south of the Mason-Dixon line, but so far in this episode it's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, Cambridge, Massachusetts, great town you can't afford to live in. Mm. Uh, so the president from 1681 to 1701 was uh, Increase Mather, who you may remember from the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> Got one of those cool Puritan names. I love the name Increase Mather. I think that's a very powerful name. Yeah, you, you just yeah, have a Mather Ma dial. Ma Mather increases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Intensifying Mather. No, I, lo I, I love, genuinely, I love the like uh, very literal Puritan names. That I, My favorite is, I think it's like, Thou wouldst be damned hadst Christ not died for thee is all one hyphenated first name. I like it. 
Yeah, uh, probably, but like that's not what we're here to discuss. Although Harvard gets around to hating Jews pretty good, so uh, standing by a <laughs> dial labeled Mather and adjusting it while looking back Just, at the audience to gauge the reaction. <laughs> dial it up, and then people just start burning in the audience. Dial it down. Dial it up. More people burning to death in the audience. Yeah, so yeah Dylan Witch Trials. Uh, Harvard. Uh, starts basically not getting money from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and kind of becomes more or less private between 1830-1870. I mean, it was always, it wasn't like a state school, but obviously it had a relationship with the colony and then state of Massachusetts. Um, and then I want to make a special mention of President Lowell, for whom, uh, you know, there's a house at Harvard, Lowell House, um, who imposed a quota on Jews and uh, had a secret gay court so that they could expel uh, gay people in 1920. How did did they determine if you were gay? uh, I guess they just relied... I didn't get too many details on that, but as far as I could tell, it was basically just hearsay. But just like, that guy blew his dad, but also two other people, so he's totally gay. All right, you know, there's the secret society gay, and then there's the not acceptable to society gay. They're two two different things. Yeah, did we lose Alice? Alice, are you there? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so I died. Uh, Rest in power to me. Thank you. Return return from than Jesus. Yeah, l- yeah, literally what happened was um, uh, the the ghost of Increase Mather got me for, like, making fun of his name uh, and just, like, unplugged my soundboard. Um, so <laughs> I-, I will not make any more Puritan jokes. And I was struck <laughs> down in great agony. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there, was, there was a quote on Jews, President Lowell's an asshole, and also, there was a secret gay court to figure out if you were being gay with people besides Man. your dad at a skull bone <laughs> initiation. See, see, secret gay court makes it sound much cooler than what it is. Like, it sounds like it's a secret court in favor of, like, that is itself gay instead of a secret court that, like, is designed to, like, purge you if you are gay. Yeah, yeah. It, I, was, it, I was hoping for some whimsy, but. It, it could yeah. possibly be both. There's not yeah, going to be. Conceivably. Not, probably. There's not going to be much whimsy in this episode. God damn it. I know. But th- well. This is where the people come for the whimsy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it, 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 instead they just get a really a really like dark exploration of the like the American psyche and also me <laughs> swearing at my soundboard as you die again. Yeah, yeah uh, as, I, as I fucking as I die again cuz I have too many external hard drives as I lay dying. Jesus Christ. Great book. We're going to get there unfortunately. Ah. Oh. Uh <laughs> next slide please. Thanks. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> if if it wasn't obvious, uh, from the period of 1636 to the period of Jesus Christ, 1865, uh, you could mm-hmm. own people. Yeah. Um, you. I mean, still uh, kind of can. If, yeah. Depending. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, but only if you're a government. Yeah. Mm, you know. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Hillary Clinton intervened in Libya. Now there are slave markets, but. Don't worry about that. Hashtag girl boss, Just hashtag like at the Arkansas power. governor's mansion. Yeah. Yeah, here, here. <laughs> She's just generally a pro-slavery lady. She just believes that it like it saves costs. I, it's it's you know they just got to keep adding to that Clinton body count. 
<laughs> Clinton crime family, hundred uh, percent. I just want to know where Vince is, man. Uh, so pictured here is an unknown African American woman, almost certainly a slave with a professor's family, circa eighteen sixty at Ole Miss. Hmm. Uh, Ole Miss is the University of Mississippi. Um, the Lyceum at Ole Miss, which is the oldest building there, uh, was built by slaves between 1846 and 1848. And I cannot state enough how persistent slave labor was uh, in the kind of the early days of American universities. Mm. Um, the Brown family, who you may know from Brown University, they were literally slavers. And oh, sure. I believe I read they had uh, aboard one slave ship. Uh, they set out with 129 captured slaves and made it to the United States with like 27 of them still alive. Jesus. Which is fucking, yeah. I mean, universities, I would say up until really 10, 15 years ago, just didn't, just they just ignored it. Like, obviously, all mm -hmm. this shit got written out of uh, of Harvard, certainly <laughs> history, um, Princeton. I mean, you named the Ivy League. They all yeah. did some it, heinous shit. It's, it's kind of worse where, like, it's th the options are either ignoring it or actively manufacturing, like, a, a lost cause narrative. Like, most of the 20th century, that's what academia in the South was doing, was, like, actively trying to hinder historical understanding of this, rather than just ignoring it. So... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have any of the notes, although I believe the first person noted at the University of Alabama was a slave. Like, the first mention of a human name mm. is a slave. Uh, as an example, Yale inherited or yeah, inherited a slave plantation in Rhode Island, uh, which they used, you know, for money and slaves, obviously. Uh, Washington and Lee, uh, down in, in Lexington, uh, weirdly enough, uh, admitted, as far as I know, the first black person in the United States to receive a college education, although it, I don't think he graduated, in 1795, when they were still at the Liberty Hall School, and then owned a bunch of slaves. <laughs> just, Which, just, that's the most lib shit, isn't it? To be like, yeah, well, just, you know, attainment, right? Yeah, yeah. WNL. Hell yeah. Go Generals. Yeah, you know, if you, did, if you, if you failed a bunch of classes, you got demoted. <laughs> the slave. Oh Christ, oh. man! Yeah, we're gonna have to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, is, what is a TA receiving a stipend of like <laughs> seventy bucks a quarter? It's true. <laughs> I mean, hey, fourteen point eight billion dollars in endowments, but all our classes are taught by TAs. Oh, that's so cancelled. Yeah, I fucking hate the Ivy League. Very bad. Um, I mean, hey, like honestly, the NCAA, where we'll get to. There mm -hmm. are not unfair comparisons to slavery. No, no, I mean... I mean, especially what they do with those kids, like, if the kids are cut from the team, they don't have a scholarship anymore, a lot of them report, what the fuck are they supposed to do? And the universities have no recourse for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we'll get there in due time. Um, I wanted to uh, take a moment to actually shit on Georgetown University specifically. Uh, because if you, you go to Georgetown, that rules. if you're a George, if you go to Georgetown, you're a bad person. So number mm. one, you're a bad person. Uh, <laughs> so in 1838, uh, Jesuits Jesuit priests sold a whole bunch of slaves to keep Georgetown afloat financially, 
Uh, and actually, the Vatican made them like made them do like a, a list of you know uh, agreements or uh, conditions to be met, uh, including like that families couldn't be separated. Um, you know, the the slaves' religious practice must be respected, stuff like that. Yeah, you got to do moral and, slavery. Oh, the Jesuits ignored all of it. Of course. Wow, so much, so much for total obedience to the Pope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some doctrine of mental reservation shit. Yeah, Georgetown, uh, in terms of all the universities I hate, and there are a lot of them, uh, mm. Georgetown is up there. Uh, Georgetown, Dartmouth, and UVA in terms of having no good alum. <laughs> <laughs> Have you... Ross lived in Virginia. What is from there? Ross, do you know any Virginia alumni you like? Sneak not, three. Not particularly. Yeah. As <laughs> mm-hmm. I proved my point. I don't hmm. think I know anyone who went to UVA even. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of W&L folks by virtue of my granddad taught there. Um. <laughs> well, you heard her. You heard it here first. Roz is the problem. Thanks yes. for nothing, Roz. He is. He is, he is bourgeois. I, we're we're I, all double canceled. But bourgeois, uh, also Confederate apologist. Um, um, that's, that's this is unfortunate. You, but it does mean did the I am allowed to say y'all. Uh, <laughs> that's true. It's God. not. It's not cultural appropriation. <laughs> but the downside is that your grandfather was Shelby Foot. <laughs> oh. His grandfather was a nice man. His granddad's very, God rest very his soul. nice. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I know I seem like I'm just kind of shitting on the Ivy League here, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> because I'm tired of the narrative that these, these like benevolent institutions that have guided America through great times of moral upheaval when Henry fucking Kissinger uh, teaches at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, so next slide, please. Manson motherfucking proclamation. Oh, just wait a second. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, okay, so uh, around 1830, a lot of churches start funding colleges and universities, either to train ministry or just to kind of, you know, have schools of their own. Um, so that's where you see a lot of the Eastern kind of religiously affiliated churches start to spring up. Uh, and then in the 1830s, there's this kind of, there's a start to a movement to have land-grant uh, universities, so the hope was that uh, states would be able to acquire land in order uh, to do agricultural work, uh, as well as engineering, uh, and so in, uh, so in 1862, the Morrill Act is passed, uh, and the way, the way the universities got the land, can anybody guess? Is it stealing? Stealing. Yeah, stealing and genocide. Mm. Uh, one more reason to hate Penn State. Um, <laughs> basically, if you're listening in the United States, uh, your state's flagship university probably did some genocide. Mm. Uh, a little so, bit of yeah. casual genocide, you know, just on the side. <laughs> you know. Yeah, two, we're talking 245 First Nations, 10.7 million acres, and actually this act had been vetoed by James Buchanan, uh, wow. notable good president. Yeah, yeah, famously. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, th- so this is this was this is an ideological project, right? Is you have this like civilizing mission to train like fucking yeoman farmers and like clergy exactly, and stuff, exactly. and you, in order to do that, to you're displacing farm boys to white collar yeah. jobs, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, what happened was that the federal land, the federal government, uh, grabbed a bunch of land and then kind of uh, sold it for the states. Uh, so the states were allowed to kind of select federal lands, uh, regardless of uh, a sort of where they were. Uh, New York, so Cornell, uh, grabbed a bunch of valuable timberlands in Wisconsin. <laughs> the rules. That's my favorite. My favorite note about that is like New York is just like. Yes, we're expanding. <laughs> <laughs> just, just paradox. Big New York. Uh, it's like the Connecticut Western Reserve, but all the way across. Yeah, I want to want to point out that uh, that Ohio is actually Connecticut. Yeah, True. just just a just a Serbian like a greater Serbia guy, but for Connecticut. Well, it's weird that, because that's if you, my dad. If you look at towns that were part of the Connecticut Western Reserve. They're all very much planned in sort of the Puritan, sort of semi-organic way, as opposed to the rest of the state, which is really? in sort of the 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 grid-based, um, more Pennsylvania-style way. Do you have mm. any examples? I I had no idea. Uh, not offhand. I'd no, have to look at a okay. map. All right, well, that's crazy, dude. I yes. did not know that at all. Yeah. Uh, now that my now that my uh, personality-driven podcast has been derailed. <laughs> <laughs> by actual engineering facts yeah uh, i will at some point uh probably uh or at some point put it in the in an edit or something that we should have a map of all the land-grant universities there are i mean they're in every state uh yeah, but you're but, just talking about a map of the united states i doubt people might find it interesting i'm sorry uh but also there's a second there's a second bill passed in 1890 uh, which funds HBCUs because, especially Southern states, had to promise Swearsy Realties that they weren't going to be racist. Mm-hmm. Which is why we have some HBCUs. Not all, obviously. Some of them uh, predate the Civil War, but yeah, isn't uh, Morehouse the oldest? And then uh, I don't know if Morehouse deals. I think Lincoln is the oldest, actually, in oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that but right. Morehouse yeah. is is damn close if they're not first. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, like wh- wh- when. This when this was going through, it was like, yeah, you have to fund these equally, right? Just a big <laughs> wink, 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 nudge, nudge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the things uh, I'll touch on, but uh, if it's not obvious, I mean, the United States did not give a fuck about educating black people for its entire mm-hmm. history. It still doesn't. Um, there's a there's a school. There's two HBCUs around Philly. There's Lincoln and Cheney, um, and Cheney perpetually has very little money, and a lot of that is just because the state just does not care about it. It's mm. fucking embarrassing, and as much work as, uh, as as good as our public universities are, to not fund Cheney like it should be funded is, is, is absolutely disgraceful. Now, the cool thing about Morehouse, too, is that it's one of, like, very few remaining men's liberal arts schools. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, because there's a bunch of women's that then, I think, like, and became co-ed. Most of co-ed. co-ed, yeah. Yeah, um, like, Sarah Lawrence went co-ed in, like, recently-ish, right? Yeah, and then... Vassar went co-ed, I think, in the 60s or 70s. There are still, I think, Holyoke and some of the Seven Sisters, I think, are still, uh, mm. are still, uh, female-only. But Cheney is the first one, uh, as I mentioned, 1837. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's fighting for survival, and like I said, that's absolutely fucking embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, shameful. Yes, yeah. Oh, I was thinking about the the real rabbit hole with um, 
HBCUs uh, with the um, the what's it the art museum um, the one on the Parkway the one that got moved to the Parkway with all the impressionist stuff. Oh God! Uh, 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 um, uh, I have no frame of reference here. Oh my God! Yeah, we uh, we stole it from a guy. He has an arboretum. George Washington Carver? The no. Barnes. The Barnes, that's what I'm thinking of, yes. Yeah, because it was, uh, all the art was uh, entrusted to an HBCU, and then it was stolen from them. Um, Jesus. Yeah. It, Just like, like in, municipally by, stolen. Yeah. There's this wonderful- so like by Philadelphia? Uh, I think- No, it, no there was by like Upper a, Marion, wasn't it? It was in Upper Marion, it got stolen and moved to the parkway. Um, in a very well, large expensive. It. it should be ours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's a documentary about it called "The Art of the Steel," um, <laughs> <laughs> which had a which had a, a Drexel professor in it who used to write a lot of op eds for the student newspaper, um, who, who we all thought was completely insane at the time when I when I was at the newspaper, and now I realize he was the only guy who made sense. Oh, um, professor Kaczynski. <laughs> Is Professor, <laughs> yeah, it Professor was Robert Zoller. You were right, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Christopher Dorner. If you see uh, this image on the first page, <laughs> uh, yeah, Lincoln is also very old, founded before the Civil War, eighteen fifty-four, and they're the university uh, that were fucked over. Another mm. HBCU. What a surprise! Yes, Weird how that happens. Yeah, mm. very strange. Now, I, I cannot state enough that uh, Marion Township didn't deserve to have it, and we did. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah, Upper Marion is just a trash heap of just, you know, the worst sort of affluent death suburban to, garbage. Death to Monco, bud. Yes. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> next slide, please. <laughs> mm. So, with this in mind, then, like, that having been our HBCU segment, we're now talking about the American University, and we mean uh, more or less explicitly, the white American university, yeah, right? Yeah, like, we do. I'll talk I, about that in the next slide, about how, like, it's it's worth noting, like, obviously with segregation, obviously the other stuff slide, because I am, I am, uh, careful and delicate. I, uh, I just, I just want to say, beat Duke, beat Duke, I, Lehigh, Lehigh beat Duke. Beat Duke, great song, great song. Yeah, I just... It sounds like someone's Google results. It sounds like how to beat Duke. Yes. In the NCAA tournament a few years ago, uh, 15 seed Lehigh triumphed over the vile Dukies. uh, And it was great to watch Coach K's fucking ugly face reel and disappoint. I just fucking hate the guy. The whole, like, molder molder of men bullshit nonsense that college athletics loves to do. Coach yeah. K is like a fucking Look, just. Everybody has to be John Heisman, okay? And like, if you don't like my Heisman act where I stand on a soapbox and scream at you with a turtleneck on through like a rolled up newspaper, then don't play football. Yeah, it's. Dude, this guy like will take away the team's uniforms when he doesn't think they're like performing like basketball worthy of Duke. I'm just like. I would, I too would love to get paid whatever seven million dollars a year to fucking scream at eighteen-year-olds all day. Like, <laughs> this isn't Duke level. This is more Earl level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about robber barons for a second. Duke being one of them. Hmm. Uh, so oh, we get to talk about Stanford. 
Yeah, uh, I don't have notes on Stanford because I figured someone else would know more about it. the guy. Was a bastard. Yeah, but he he was a bastard, but he was also a railroad bastard, which is wherefore he gets all that money and he just invests it. Uh, it, it's funny though that the um, all of the California Railroad guys pretty much started out as like small time general storekeepers, and it's it's very much that kind of a, if you want to get rich during a gold rush, sell picks and shovels joke. Yes, uh, th- th- that's pretty much what they did, and they parlayed that into into a railroad company that was kind of like was a cartel before the latter. Uh, and then just it killed a bunch of uh, Chinese immigrants and killed a bunch of black people, making uh, giant like fucking Donner Pass tunnels and shit. And then uh, ha- having done all of that, Leland Stanford is like, "Huh, let me start a university with my name on it, so I can get some like reputational laundry done." Yeah, uh, the other ones that you may know of are Vanderbilt University. Can, mm-hmm. Do you know where Vanderbilt University is? You might say New York. Nope, it's in fucking Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, (laughs) Where Vanderbilt had never been, but established Vanderbilt to heal the wounds from the Civil War. Christ. My favorite Vanderbilt joke is in, like, Archer before it got bad, like season two or season three. Carol is like, uh, she has uh, an uncle who is heavily implied to be a Vanderbilt who is still digging tunnels under the lawn to try to dig into the Underground Railroad in the 1890s. It was literally a subterranean railroad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, notably, the, the one of the schools that does not have the guy's name on it is the University of Chicago. Uh, the That's greatest Carnegie, school in the right? world. No, that is Rockefeller. Ah, okay. No one wants to be associated with that name. Uh, <laughs> I, sh- I should have guessed because Carnegie put his name on all the libraries, so why yeah, wouldn't the, he no, do Mellon it? With University, a... Carnegie Mellon University. Yeah. Oh yeah, fuck. I feel about Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the Mellon family, uh, a bunch of bastards, uh, banking mm. bastards. Pittsburgh is a great city that has been notably inhabited by bastards for its entire existence. That's true. I can't believe he pulled through. But you do get a, a cool like cathedral of learning, which is a pretty decent Fallout 3 DLC. Yeah, Kathy, Kathy is pretty sweet. Uh, but those kids are really fucking uh, obnoxious about it. Mm-hmm. We get it, Pitt. Uh, there's a one of our listeners is uh, is a Pitt Panther. And I wanted to just point out to him in his in you know, to be fair. Uh, Pitt cured polio and Penn State didn't, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, also, every state eventually sets up teachers' colleges uh, or normal schools, which eventually kind of branch out and become universities. Yeah, um, what, what is a normal school? Because you see that a lot when you go back in the Wikipedia for, like, smaller universities. It's, it starts out as, like, somethingsville normal school. It's a teaching, it's a teacher's college. Oh, okay. Right, sure. so it's, it, I guess it's, it's it's normal because it's like it's not vocational, right? I would guess. I don't really know the, uh, you know, the the history there, but that, that like, would be my guess. Is that like the school Lyndon Johnson went to? A teacher's yeah, he college? went to a Southwest Texas State Teachers College. Ah, I see. Uh, which I think eventually becomes Texas State, uh, and he signs uh, some education reform there. Actually, a hundred yeah. years uh, in the future. All right, real uh, Robert Caro hours right here. <laughs> when is it coming out, Bob? <laughs> God damn it, Bob! I need another book. <laughs> I would love to read another book. Uh, so obviously, uh, as a theme here, black people are just totally fucking ignored. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, uh, Oberlin, where uh, Lena Dunham went, I believe, uh, started as an integrated school and then eventually became segregated. <laughs> but it did educate a lot of women, so it, that's not a, a fucking. So it's impossible to so say if it's Dunham, good or not. Lena Dunham, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should go for like the red scare angle on this, which is like educating women is a mistake. Shouldn't do it. <laughs> only le- only leads to trouble. They get podcasts. Uh, <laughs> uh, women actually make up a ton of enrollment by percentage after the Civil War. Although there's this kind of persisting myth that women only go to college to find a husband, uh, mm. because why would anyone want to learn more things? Mm. Yeah. yeah, learning's learning's dumb. It's for nerds. <laughs> uh, so one of the the big shifts I don't think that gets talked about a lot, uh, but towards kind of the modern university as we know it in America, is actually the Great Depression, which wipes out a ton of funding for schools, uh, a lot of whom didn't rely on philanthropy at the time, but instead like money from state grants, you know, the government and all that sort of stuff. But obviously, the way, no the way schools should be funded. Yeah, exactly. My dad went to UMass for like $8. Uh, mm-hmm. Not during the Great Depression. He's not that old, but... <laughs> yeah, but he missed out on the opportunity to go to UMass and like live in a dorm with like the name of a wealthy pedophile on it. Oh, no, he probably did. I'd have to ask him. But this was like eight, 19, not 18, 1964. Mm. So that was back when UMass was just like a collection of huts in Amherst. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a hut, but the hut is called like Epstein Hall. Probably. The sort of hunter, uh, hunter-gatherer university. Um, <laughs> what do you think agricultural schools are, man? It's like when all these people get mad about, like, you know, not to, not to you know, give Penn State kids the benefit of the doubt, but when townies are just like, I can't believe the kids are being obnoxious, I'm like, yeah, it was founded in the middle of nowhere for a fucking reason. Mm. Bizarre experience I had with Penn State. I have to get this in here. Although we said we're not talking about fraternities. I always said when I was in college, you'd, you'd have to you'd have to pay me to set foot in a fraternity house, right? Mm-hmm. So after after college, I worked for this uh, architectural uh, historic restoration firm for a while, right? One of our jobs was out at Penn State University at a, at a fraternity house, right? So you know, we went out there, and and they paid me to set foot in a fraternity house. <laughs> and I was like, damn. I won. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway that's, my, that's my story. Justin versus Greek life. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, paid, they yeah. paid me to go in there. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious. Yeah, fraternities and sororities do not exactly have a shining record on race. I mean, just a few years ago, there was a huge controversy at Alabama because uh, uh, sororities were not admitting black women, uh, and actually, St. Joe's. Uh, I this is anecdotal, but. Also, one of the sororities there uh, basically did not want to admit black women mm. at a and Jesuit so, school. Like, much, yeah. like, much like the HBCUs, you get black organizations in parallel. Like you, Alpha Kappa Alpha doesn't come from nowhere, right? You end up with these. You end up with black fraternities and sororities. You end up uh, with Jewish fraternities and sororities, Asian fraternities and sororities, and like because this is like replicating these power structures, they don't evolve in the same ways in the same times, so you end up with, like, often really bad hazing in this institution that was designed to be uh, there for something that was not inclusive in and of itself. It rules. Yeah, uh, either Florida A&T or North Carolina A&T 
uh, their band hazed uh, uh, one of their members to death just a few years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. HBCU. So yeah, yeah. Student organizations were a mistake. Drum major. There we go. Or like uh, fucking like branding pledges and stuff. Oh, which yeah. I mean, like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kink shame anybody, but that doesn't seem like the most enthusiastic consent to me. Yeah, uh, especially in the United States, uh, Beta and SAE have a funny habit of killing their pledges a little too regularly. To the point where SAE had to just get <laughs> you can rid have of Russia. That's okay, but like, people, really, people what, what is a regular thing? Or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's what killed off fraternities for the large part at Penn State was the uh, uh, Beta basically killed a kid. There's, there's uh, a fantastic Atlantic article about how fraternities keep killing kids, not in the in the hazing way, but in the other way, which is like they get drunk and they fall off a balcony and they break their spine in 27 yep. places or something. And this happens like a lot. It's it's fascinating because it really goes into like the the procedures that like on a national level fraternities have of you know don't talk to the cops, don't say anything. To anyone and call the like national hotline for a drunk kid fell off my balcony. Yep. Uh, it uh, rolls. That happened oh, cool. in Florida State a few years ago. And I remember one of the responses being, and I'm quoting directly here, uh fraternity responding to a request for comment by saying, We're not suspended, you're suspended. <laughs> Which, uh future Supreme Court justices all. I was about yeah. to say, yeah. Tika Drexel got a got hit with what, the five year ban? For hazing and sexual assault and all sorts of vile things. I thought it was for selling cocaine and not being discreet about it. Oh, was that cocaine out of the house? I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. all they the got, fucking they got suspended for something that was cool as opposed to something that isn't cool. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That happened right. to a fraternity at Temple uh, back in the 90s. Uh, yeah, don't sell coke out of the house. I, I, mean, I can't they, stress they, that enough. They did a lot of, they did all the bad stuff, but they got suspended. For the cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, Hate do not sell happens. coke out of your frat house. Yeah, All right. right. You just you can go anywhere on campus. Don't do it out of a frat house. Depressing looking all the fraternity houses. They're all like very nice houses occupied by the worst people. Oh, so mm. one thing I was very confused about when I was at Penn State in that fraternity house is apparently some fraternities just have a house mom who like yep. Just or make, makes out. all the food for all the kids. Yep, or that's weird, especially in the South. Oh yeah, yeah. South but, of the big state schools in the Northeast. That's a slavery thing. I know a slavery <laughs> thing. That's a slavery thing. She also made me and my coworker food when we were out there looking at the house to figure out the structural issues. And and mm. the nice buffalo chicken wrap is very nice. What, what, what are what are the structural issues? Too many drunk kids falling off the balconies to like damage the foundation. There was enough beer that had been spilled on the hardwood floor that it was affecting the joists underneath. Um, and I believe one time my coworker had gone out there. He was like old old guy. He's like sixty years old. He's from Shemokin, Pennsylvania. Uh, Salt oh, of the yeah. Earth coal miner's son um, went into a basement room, and there was a um, there was a shoring pole in the middle of of the room, and he was very confused. Um, why there was a shoring pole, just a single one in the middle of the room, right? <laughs> and um, that he, he had the he had the other intern there with him at the time, and she had to explain to him that's not oh, what no. that, the shoring pole is not being used for shoring. <laughs> 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 he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> we have to protect cause at all costs. Yes. Uh, next slide, please. Cause was cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, here's where we won the war. Hmm. Uh, so you you see uh, uh, undefeated back to back World War champs, baby. Uh, <laughs> you guys might have healthcare and free college, but you would be speaking German if it weren't for us. So you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so the GI Bill, which interestingly enough, I didn't know this until today, Roosevelt wanted to be means tested. Oh god, FDR sucks so bad. Fucking liberals. Goddamn liberals. I, I, I feel like I say this every time he comes up, but my problem with FDR is that like he was just there to do the minimum necessary amount of liberalism to like forestall an active revolution. And like I feel like we would have been so much better off with longism, where it's just like it's insanely every corrupt. Man a king, baby. Yeah, yeah every, every man, every man a king. Everybody is bribing each other constantly. Everybody has a fake job, which we get paid twice for under the table. I I don't see what's wrong with this. Nothing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely nothing. So after World War One, uh, we treated vets like garbage. Hmm. Uh, was were there a lot of vets who were not white? Incidentally, World War One. Oh, there's a lot of uh, non-white vets in every fucking war. But uh, mm. but yes, but uh, this thankfully here once in American history, everybody gets fucked over basically the same for about ten years. <laughs> uh, so if you want to learn more, you can look up the Bonus Army. That time, General MacArthur fired on his own citizens. Uh, the MacArthur was a piece of shit. Just oh garbage yeah, human being, hundred percent. Yeah, and so was Patton. And I fucking, I'm so tired of hearing people lionize Patton. Mm -hmm. uh, he he would have had no problem with the extermination camps, and it was just that the Germans were running them. That was the problem he had with it. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so we treat vets like shit after World War One. There's the Bonus Army. Obviously, there's a massive economic collapse in which a bunch of veterans continue to get fucked over. So the American Legion the VFW, and the VFW are formed to kind of prevent that uh, and lobby for you know cheap housing, tuition for returning vets. Uh, of course, this also fucks over black people in terms of like uh, getting mortgages and things like that because of course it does. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, so and much like FDR, like it's it's the institutionally just about acceptable, right? You can have a VFW so long as you don't have a bonus army. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, in 1965, the Higher Education Act passes, uh, thanks to America's greatest president, Lyndon Baines Johnson. I will mm -hmm. die on this hill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he, he would be perfectly comfortable with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, which, uh, fortunate more widespread... Son. What was that? <laughs> the Q fortunate son. son. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, a uh, higher proportion of Vietnam vets went to college than did World War II vets using the uh, GI Bill. Something like fifty eight percent, but uh, just like I, I love the idea that, irrespective of the the horror inflicted upon millions of people, the Vietnam War is ultimately a very roundabout way of getting a communications degree. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, hey, man, uh, we didn't technically lose the Vietnam War; we just didn't win it. <laughs> you, sure. you you learned through the Vietnam War which parts of the war not to film. Yeah, <laughs> this, we just play all of Apocalypse Now at the end of this. Uh, uh, so it makes education more accessible, accessible kind of in quotes, uh, work, study, stuff like that. Uh, and next slide, please. All right. 
Title IX, which universities mm. have been fucking up since it was implemented. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to clear up a common misconception right fucking now. The bill does not mention sports. Okay? The bill does not mention sports. Yes. Mm. Yes. Collegiate sports were affected. The bill does not mention sports. I feel like my dad. Uh, <laughs> does it mention sports? No. <laughs> uh, signed by our second greatest president, Richard Nixon. <laughs> he created Nixon. the EPA. He opened relations with China. <laughs> Man, you just really, you just really like some incremental reform. Yeah, Nixon, Nixon is basically to the left of Bernie Sanders, honestly. That is that is depressingly true. Yeah, it is true. Uh, also, so... Nixon's more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we had last had a really like paranoid president, which is like, or yeah, one who was willing to go out and just scream at these goddamn hippies. <laughs> <laughs> Nixon's back. Who turned out to be bad after all? Yeah, like <laughs> it, it, imagine being the kind of guy who's so paranoid that you record audio of yourself and then you like inadvertently distribute it to a bunch of people. Just audio of yourself talking is just like like people are going to be interested in your meetings with your friends that you just like say some dumb bullshit in. Is <laughs> just imagine that. Imagine anybody doing that. Insane. He was the first guy to be righteously angry at the boomers, though. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Get in line, you stupid fucking hippies. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm I'm with Hunter S. Thompson. They should have like fired him into the sea through a storm drain. Yeah. 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 Not a big fan of the Jews, was Nixon, but you know, <laughs> neither is anybody else. So. That's uh, the most depressing, like, you take what you can get kind of yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, as long as I'm, I'm not being literally marched to death camp. So, Title IX uh, is kind of one of the, 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 the groundworks for uh, a lot of what, we're, what universities are dealing with today in terms of sexual harassment and assault allegations, and how bad they constantly fuck it up. Mm -hmm. So, Title IX, right, it's it's a federal, it's a federal law, a federal code, right? To get mm -hmm. public funding as a university, uh, you have to, you have to obey this thing that says that you're not discriminating against anybody on the basis mm -hmm. of sex. Right. Uh, Grove City College fought that in 1988, but yes. Mm. And if and if you are like uh, discriminating against someone by sex. Not only can you like pay them, have to pay them damages, but the the feds can just yank your funding. Yes. Okay. All right. So in Alexander v. Yale, which is I believe a court case settled in 1980, that's the first court case to uh, use Title IX to establish that sexual harassment uh, could be considered sex discrimination and therefore was illegal. Uh, so this is where. This is kind of the precursor to a lot of like what we've heard in the last decade about how badly schools have fucked this up. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna be able to get through all of these. I think we all know, you know, a lot of these stories. Yeah, it's an episode uh, in itself, at mm -hmm. least. But I did want to talk about some of the the maybe more well known cases 
uh, and really kind of talk about like what universities did or didn't do. So there's uh, one of the really famous ones is Angie Epifano files a suit in 2012 against uh, Amherst College. Uh, she was raped. She, uh, you know, eventually goes to the school uh, because she's obviously having nervous breakdowns. Her assaulter is kind of coming after her in uh, in like eating halls and stuff like that. Uh, Amherst basically forces her into a psych ward for five days uh, after seeing essentially like, you know, how do you even know you were raped? You know, kind of blaming her uh, for basically being a troublemaker. Uh, and this this was in 2012 and not mm-hmm, 1912. Mm-hmm. This was 2012. The 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 only other institution I can think of that is like on record established as having forced somebody into a psychiatric inpatient setting in order to like stop them from embarrassing them in recent memory is the NYPD. This is how bad that is. Uh, uh, I have uh, they shall remain nameless, but I have a friend who I went to school with who was also forced into a psych ward by the school uh, after being bullied and harassed uh, by some former friends of theirs for months on end. And uh, like I said, I don't really want to get too far into it, but this is not, this is not exactly an uncommon occurrence. It was actually right around Mm. 2012 as well. And it ruined their college experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, obviously we all know people this has happened to. Um, I have a few friends who, have you know done a lot of writing about it uh who have talked about what schools like temple or drexel have done which is basically nothing uh mm-hmm. ross and i have uh a war story maybe we can tell later about not something this egregious but something pretty gross that drexel elected to to not do anything about ross if you want to tell that story we can if you don't we can also not do it but uh, uh, I, i'll give the short version i guess which was that um i was doing senior design at drexel which is the final project and um one of my senior design partners uh it was pretty severely sexually harassing i don't know if it breaches into sexual assault uh one of my friends at an off-campus event um, and I was fucking furious at him for it, and I went to the Title IX office to file a complaint, you know, and, um, well, you know, I was brought into a meeting with some of the people who ran the Civil Engineering Senior Design Program, who were like, um, basically like, well, we don't want to do anything about it. Um, and they didn't do anything about it. And, you know, I had to present my goddamn senior design, uh, alongside this person. It's very, very frustrating. It's like, I, 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 I prefer not to deal with, you know, <laughs> I, I mm. it, was, it was very, yeah, it was very, it was very, very demeaning. It was very much like, it was not a, um, it was not a pleasant experience. Mm. Um, you know, it, I mean, it felt like it felt pointless. It felt kind of. And, uh, you know, it, it felt like uh, almost like not, I, it, it, I felt embarrassed about it afterwards and I shouldn't feel embarrassed about it. Like the mm. guy clearly violated boundaries, but it didn't affect anything. It didn't it didn't result in any positive outcome. It didn't result in a negative outcome either, I suppose. But, you know, it was it, 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 it was just like I have to go out and, you know, spill my feelings about this event, which occurred and nothing happened 
because well, of I it. mean, have have you considered <laughs> like on on the equal and opposite side to this, uh, all like seventeen thousand of the extremely well funded websites that are like my son is the only person in the entire history of the American university system to have been falsely accused under Title Nine, and uh, well, this is your son's probably a racist. Yeah, a racist. And, and, well, <laughs> that too. Yeah, but like, and every single time it's like, oh well, uh, my, his dad, who is a lawyer, uh, like just has an enormous thing which succeeds in bullying the school into backing down, and then they go on this kind of this crusade about how it cost them a year, and it's a permanent black mark, and they'll never be able to get into the Supreme Court now, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, it. it I mean, my that's God. exactly right. There's. <laughs> There's, I think, a pattern that I really do want to discuss, uh, and Roz hit on it, but this kind of deliberate indifference. Uh, mm-hmm. The University of Colorado had had a... Uh, and, and, and Deliberate indifference, I don't mean in an active cover-up situation, because we'll get there with Baylor yeah. and Penn State, but... Uh, it's, the, it's more that you don't want to do work, and you right, resent anybody exactly. who, who's making you conduct... Because you ha- the universities have to conduct these investigations themselves, right? And there's no, mm-hmm. like... Uh, there's not really a standard of proof, which is the thing that all of the like innocence project stuff harps on. But like academics really don't want to do it. They don't want to be cops, and they're not good at it. There's a preponderance, uh, or was a preponderance of evidence standard mm-hmm. uh, up until the Trump administration and in their infinite wisdom rolled that back. Because who gives a shit if people get raped uh, yeah. in a place they should feel safe? MAGA. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the University of Colorado uh, settled at one point, I think, for two point eight million. After you know the same pattern where a woman, uh, I believe several women were uh, repeatedly raped by members of the football team, Arizona State expelled a football player for repeated sexual harassment, then readmitted him. And he well, they do that somebody. shit all the time, well, constantly, yeah. constantly. And 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 like yeah, I said, Lord. we'll get there to kind of how this plays into the larger picture. But uh, you know, I know uh, when I was at Temple, uh, people who were raped, and the school—I mean—just sat on its fucking hands. And it was as it was as clear as day that they could have done something and they chose not to. And at Drexel and at just at every place, I mean every everyone I know, you know, literally I think every woman I know basically, except for maybe a couple exceptions, has been sexually assaulted, especially at school. And it's so fucking embarrassing that these schools, with their more or less infinite wealth, mm-hmm. refuse to take uh, uh, any any sort of, of meaningful action on this. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Rick? incidentally, fun fact. Um, it was, um, I think it was Human Rights Campaign managed to get uh, a federal circuit court to rule that sex in the phrasing of Title IX includes, like, transgender status. Yes, which it does. As has, of, I believe, 2010. Yeah, and then that was also rolled back immediately by the Trump administration, in as much as they can roll that back. Right, um, uh, and of course it was. I mean, yeah. uh, we should also talk about the Clary Act. Uh, of, I believe, 1995. Uh, Jan Cleary is murdered in her residence hall in 1986 at Lehigh University. Um, and this kind of highlights a pattern of universities that just weren't reporting crimes. Just weren't mm-hmm. reporting them. Uh, Laura Dickinson, a student at, I believe, Eastern Michigan, was murdered as well. Uh, schools managed to not do anything, including about Larry Nasser at Michigan State. I mean, this is, this is a fucking pattern. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the things I really want to harp on here is like, uh, I don't, I mean, I think the mo- the majority of our listeners are probably out of school. Uh, but if there's any of you, you know, under 18, I believe friend of the, po- friend of the pod, 
uh, Jeremy Zorik, uh, or Jeremy, uh, I believe his last if, name. If you, if you have like a junior, well, there's your problem badge. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't G- junior attending. Pennsylvania Secret Service badge. Yes. Yeah, you're like a Pennsylvania Secret Service explorer. Trainee. Trainee. Yeah. yeah. It's much, much better than the Boy Scouts. Much more interesting. <laughs> At least we're not bankrupt. At least we're not bankrupt yet. Not, not bankrupt. Uh, you don't have to go on shitty campouts. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, um, we'll teach you how to hotwire a van. Yes. Yeah, hopefully. I think you could come to my house and do it. Uh, but I do want to say, like, you should always fucking hold these institutions accountable. Because they're yeah. not going to fucking do it for themselves. They can't be bothered. Uh, and this, this kind of, you know, not exclusively, but I think does lead into the next slide, please. Mm. Oh, and incidentally, just as a quick or aside, sort of, even, but... even, even once you are out... Right. Uh, you're still going to get the emails. You're still going to be like, Don't they're going to hit you up for money. money. Don't give them yeah, they're going to hit you up for money. They're going to hit you up to go to dinners and like put your name and things. D- don't. D- d- do not. Do not let them do this. Uh, a friend of mine uh, attended uh, a school in Connecticut, a private school in Connecticut, uh, and was raped, I believe, her third day on Jesus. campus and has written extensively about it. She's a really talented writer. Uh, and the and and the the college will constantly hit her up for money, and I really mm. appreciate that she always tweets back like or or texts back like yeah, what are you gonna handle like your buttload of Title IX cases you've been doing nothing about for years? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually also gonna take this time to talk about the time I was arrested by the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, bastards. So I uh, was coming home from the bar, and uh, I was two blocks from my house. And I really had to pee. We could actually edit this the whole thing out, but I kind of want to point this out. No, go uh, for it. Uh, so I peed against a wall, which, like, in hindsight, like, not a good idea. Like, it was shitty of me. Uh, but it was on an Amazon building. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's Praxis. That was the old Chestnut Street Railway carhouse, now owned yes. by Amazon. Uh, that'll be a Franklin the- episode sometime in, like, 20... 20- uh, 30, 50, whatever, 20, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I was, uh, I, I kind of knew I was sunk. So I started running my mouth at the cops, right? Because like, yeah, as you and, do. yeah I like, yeah. I know I'm going to be arrested. Like, I know that like, I'm, I'm, I'm belligerent because I'm drunk and I'm annoyed because I <laughs> like am a block from my house. <laughs> and and you just gonna say, cops. why didn't you wait? It's just like, listen, I didn't want to pee my pants. I really had to pee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like. I should be able to pee where I want, more or less. <laughs> so I'm getting arrested by uh, the Penn police, and I thought it was a good idea at that point to uh, point out Penn's incredible Title IX backload and refusal <laughs> to do anything on campus. And then the cops uh, said the N-word uh, and accused me of being a rapist, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, and then I was in the drunk tank for like six hours, and then I went home. Cops are so cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, th- this is this is like a thing, right? Like British, the British university is very bad, often for very similar reasons. But they don't tend to have their own cops, and as such, uh, that's like well, I-, I feel like that's an important organizational thing. Is like you when you are, when you as an institution become evil, you just start growing mm-hmm. cops like tumors. Yes. Uh, and you just start generating cops. It's why, like, Russia has so many, like, s- special cop units in, like, the Ministry of Economics or some shit. Is it just, like, you you become a cop? It's cool. Um, we haven't got there yet. Yet. Uh, but I look forward to that when we do. 
Drexel had a preponderance of police because there were so many overlapping jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Because you get you, you there were the Drexel cops, there's the Philadelphia cops, the UPenn cops could also get you. But because of everything that was running through campus, you could also get picked up by the Amtrak cops. You get picked up by the Conrail cops. You could get picked up by the CSX or Norfolk Southern cops or the Amtrak cops. The railroad cops. Zone. And the, the SEPTA cops. And the and Philly the septic, cops. Yeah. The, se- the railroad cops usually left you alone unless you were fucking with railroad shit. But if you fucked with railroad shit, they would beat your ass. Um, I, I want to do. I want to do some speedrun shit and see how many different law enforcement agencies I can get arrested by in like a day. There's, dude. I mean, that's that's. I think one of the problems, just like in and of itself, is especially around Philly with so many schools. It's just all these uh, police departments overlap, and the university ones basically aren't accountable to anybody. No, you yes. have a tiny. You have a I tiny mean, one. Like normal cops they, aren't accountable to anybody, but. <laughs> You, you see this with UC. Do you remember that video of the like uh, UC Irvine oh, yeah, guy just, just going down the line? Down, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Chris has stories about uh, Occidental. They're not even cops. They're like campus safety, but they still act like cops. So they'll just fucking drive around in a little golf cart with a yellow light and then stop you six times in the same night. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, friendly reminder: uh, by and large, public safety for universities don't have powers of arrest. In the United mm-hmm. States, yeah, so get, go fucking you, wild. That's the thing. You you can tell them to fuck off and keep walking, but they'll just follow you in the little golf cart, and you just tell them to fuck off every couple of blocks or so. Yeah, highly recommend doing that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, pen pen can pen can blow me. And the thing was, is that I had to pay the city, so I got arrested by pen cops who said the n word, and then I had mm-hmm. to pay the city whatever two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, to swearsy realsies, I was really gonna be a good boy and not pee on any more Amazon property. Hey, but at least you didn't get like hit with a sex offender thing. No, I just got hit with drunken disorderly. So, you know, yeah, that's not what that else? bad. Exactly. Yeah, you could be, you could be a, you could be a landlord, um, Raytheon working, <laughs> uh, sex offender wife. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> Well, there's there's some people on Twitter. There's some people on the fucking internet. Oh god! Get the move to a sex offender friendly neighborhood, which is apparently much more tolerant. (laughs) That was my favorite. One of those tweets was like, "I actually seek out sex offender registries so I can see cool people to live nearby." There, there, you know, sex offend, sex offending is just being open-minded, you know? <laughs> well, we're gonna get that with uh, the Joe Paterno case, so just hold on, oh, baby. Christ. Okay. Uh, Alright, so, uh, the title of this slide is College Sucks. Alright, uh, Belushi. Uh, so, why, does co- why is college so expensive, everybody? Uh, is it because it's, like, they're all just real estate hedge funds that occasionally provide classes on the side? You could just say Drexel University, but yes. We have a bunch of like, slides on that one coming up. <laughs> mm. But like, I, the, the one I know about, and I don't know why I know about it, but I know about it is NYU, because NYU oh, owns yeah. an obscene amount of property in New York City. Uh, and it, that's basically all it does. It exists to like maximize returns on property and buy property. And the fact that classes happen is like kind of incidental to it. Uh, it's just like Trinity Church. Yeah. Hmm. But that's that's true for a lot of modern universities at this point, just because like they realize it's profitable to be a landlord mm-hmm. or be a real estate investment trust or what have you. 
But uh, a lot of it is that uh, we have, at least according to one New York Times article, which I can link, uh, at the University of California system, as an example, the amount of administrators has grown 211%. Wow, they must be solving those Title IX cases 200 times faster. Yeah, you would think, but no, they're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like it's, it's like much how the hospital us. like the more flaws of administrators a hospital has the quicker you get that bill and therefore the lower the bill is going to be. Oh, exactly. Yes. Um, it's worth noting people kind of go after uh, professors for being paid too much, but like <laughs> it's it's administration, man. Like yeah. Those are the bastards you want. There's, These are not there's, the toys like, you're There's for. like six people in one bit. Like, if you look up, there's there's another map of the United States we can look at. Is um the most highly paid public employee oh, in I each state? That. In forty yeah. states, it's a sports coach. Yeah, and in the other ten, it's like the dean of a medical school. Yeah. Um. Yep. So I, I, it, it is a handful of people. Like it's the guy who makes the footballs go. Gets paid uh, like a a lot, whereas the guy who teaches you about I don't know Shakespeare or whatever really doesn't, and probably works at Whole Foods. I believe the, the highest paid professor in the United States was uh, at W and L for a while. I don't recall exactly what he did. All I know is uh, the family said he he hosted really good parties. Um, <laughs> so he was a fundraiser, basically. Uh, uh, I think he also did that, that's, professing. That, that, no. Oh, that, that, explain, that does explain one thing, which is the growth of the celebrity professor, where you just hire, like, Neil Ferguson is the perfect example oh. of this, of where you hire somebody who's, like, been on TV a few times, or, like, has name recognition, and then you get them to teach, which often they're not good at, but they bring in the money because you can go to your donors and say, look, it's that guy that you recognize off the TV. Uh, he's here, and he will meet you, and he'll sign a book for you. Uh, and look at how well we must be teaching our kids if you know we have we have this guy that you know about teaching them. Yeah, I mean, especially now, you know, it's all going to be like so. The highest paid professor is going to be fucking Michio Kaku or um, what's his face mm -hmm. um, or Henry Kissinger. Da, 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 yeah. who, who is it? Uh, Black Science Man. Um, uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Is he a professor? Because I thought he just ran the planetarium. I think he actually is, uh, but I'm not sure. We'll check that. Yeah, we won't uh, check yeah. that. We, we will not make any effort to edit any of this in any way. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bonus all, episode. Like, you get our unvarnished opinions. Universities are a racket. I mean, that's fucking obvious. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no downward pressure on costs. States don't fucking fund it anymore. Uh, you know, you have two like places like Sodexo or uh, what's the one in Philly? Um, Aramark. Aramark that run all the you know concessions or whatever else. Uh, there's stuff even that's really goofy. Like as an example, the University of Oregon's head football coach receives part of his salary, at least from revenue from concession sales, as part of his contract <laughs> at sure. football games. You know, yeah, why the hell not? I I, I love to like <laughs> buy uh, some nachos and like tip the coach. That's cool. Yeah, I mean. James Franklin, who is Penn State's football coach, makes $5.7 million a year, and Penn State is never going to win another national title, so it's basically pointless. No, but it, it, it is going to give a bunch of young men brain injuries. Uh, yeah. And so... Leaders of yeah, men that's, bullshit. I, 
They'll all, they'll all join engineering podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that like university sports is so monstrous that it's managed to turn the direction of the American university in reverse, where you pay, instead of like the state paying you to make its children smarter, the children now pay the university to make them dumber. That rules. That's, I mean, that is genius, if nothing else. Mm. That is yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Plus, you, you get to watch some, some like really good NCAA tape out of it. Well, Speaking listen, of which... <laughs> you can get dumber through business school, too. You don't have to play football. I'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I just, I just want to be a monkey of average intelligence who wears the suit. That's why I decided to transfer to business school. Uh, next slide, please. I, I already moved to the next oh, slide. Yeah, okay. Uh, I hope you guys like this. You, re you really did it like... <laughs> I was anticipating you on that one. Huh? I, I'm, I'm glad you like this. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't want to use their logo because I didn't want to get sued. So yeah. I'm here to say, fuck the NCAA, death to the NCAA. Um, <laughs> this institution, I cannot say it enough, is pure fucking evil. And the Iranian hmm. National Guard to the uh, NCAA. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the the NCAA like make they're, they're like the Islamic State to the NFL's Al Qaeda, right? <laughs> you, you think you think you've hit moral rock bottom, and then these guys show up in oh, a, like, yeah. a bunch of a bunch of NCAA suits, just all in the back of a Toyota Land Cruiser for some reason. They just roll up, and you're like, oh man, that's not good. What's the XFL? In this in this metaphor, agents like, of chaos. They're they're like the they're not the. Mm. I I, I want to say like Assad, right? Like mm. it, they're bad, and we know they're bad, but they keep winning. And in the way that they win, they irritate people worse than them. But they objectively have not won. They've they've closed down a second time. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. This what is what I get is. for not following yeah. XFL news. No, there's no there's no going to be no 2021 season apparently. Disappointing. Huh. I was excited. Yeah. XFL. Well, I XFL. <laughs> I had maybe, maybe they're like the one XFL. of the like maybe maybe they're like Javasho Nusra or something. I don't know. Yeah, just, this is the most discourse poison thing we can do <laughs> since the hat of which we don't speak is me trying to map football uh, organizations onto actors in the Syrian civil war. <laughs> I like it. I like it. How many different ways can be we be we can be cancelled in various exotic ways? Oh yeah, we're getting the way that we're going to get cancelled is one that we won't even have thought about. It'll be yeah. something like in passing, like Liam pissing on a building is going to be what got us cancelled, and Sorry, like everybody. all of us. Yeah, it's gone. Pissing in public, not good. That basically makes you um, what's his face, proud boys guy. Gavin McInnes. Gavin McInnes, yeah, he was the piss in public guy before he was the Proud Boys guy. He's had a storied career. That was, that was a Vi Vice was it. a good magazine, it was uh, a, which we yeah, all took very seriously. Website. It was a funny video, it was a very strange video, it was a funny video. And then he started a far-right or like uh, nationalist organization of angry I men. I was like, I don't understand how you go from point A to point B on this one. This is what yeah. happens when you go on 4chan and not something awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the something awful route to fascism is a much more sedentary one. By the time you want to get up and start a, like a fry core, you're just welded to your chair. Or you've posted an LF and you're a Maoist now, which is much more acceptable. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring back LF. <laughs> All right. So the the central lie of the NCAA mm. is that there's this there's this paradise for the American ideal of uh, uh, amateurism and love of the game, and that's why the kids play. Yeah, same and, shit. And the so Olympics so pools. Bullshit. And fu- bullshit nonsense. Fuck the IOC. It's bullshit, also. bullshit nonsense. It's bullshit nonsense. Um. So well into the 50s, students were pretty much paid openly. Uh, in fact, in 1939, Pitt Panthers, the, their, their football team, the freshmen on that team, went on strike because they were not being paid enough as much as they're not being paid equally to their upperclassmen teammates. Yes. Like, this, is, yes. this is like, it, like the NCAA's kind of origin myth is, is absolutely one of the most fucking awful ones that, that I can think of in the United States. I mean, obviously there are terrible ones, but it's just so fucking blatant. Uh, in the 50s, the NCAA kind of Marbury versus Madison's itself uh, mm. and creates a whole bunch of powers it didn't have before. <laughs> I love I love a constitutional law reference. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I like Mar- Marbury versus Madison as a verb. Yeah, it creates a whole bunch of powers for itself out of whole cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two scandals. Uh, Kentucky is caught in a point-shaving scandal, and what that means is basically they're scoring fewer points on purpose to the benefit of gamblers on the game, uh, and the College of William and Mary inflated grades so that it could take on Football powerhouses like Oklahoma or whoever the hell else. That rules. My my uh, favorite my favorite point shaving thing was is a cricket thing where Australia almost lost a test match to Pakistan, where Pakistan was being paid to throw the game. And Jesus they almost Christ. won anyway. It ru- <laughs> rules oh, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's William and Mary, uh, William and Mary had to inflate grades. Um and when they stopped, you know what happened? What happened, mm, Ross? Well, all the students started killing themselves. Oh, very high pressure environment down there, William yeah. Mary, Apparently, yeah. uh, I don't know uh, if we can keep pit. that one. <laughs> well, I mean, Penn does the same thing, and at the same time, like there's a rash of students who kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's yeah. like baked in. It's like the, 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 the university. About it. The university will try to make you kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's basically uh, accurate. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it I mean, breaks you like, certainly do within an inch of your life. It's bizarre. I don't understand, mm-hmm. like, why they don't do anything for, about it. And for you know, nothing, they say, right? like, like, nice wh- things mm-hmm. about, you know, I will, you know, we're, we have, like, a therapy dog or some shit. It's like, maybe you should do something to make this a less high-pressure environment, rather yeah. than having, like, I don't know, big structural bailey you can cuddle, like, once a week. <laughs> you know? This is some bullshit. Maybe, like, you should maybe just make- instead of having, like, a year to see a therapist who will tell you how to do some breathing exercises or something, maybe you should not make it so that you need, a, a, like, a, a four-year degree in order to get any job anywhere? I was close um, to cracking at the end of my Drexel academic career. I'm and cracking I did, right now, man. I hey. did, like, try and seek the council of the campus therapist, right? Mm. And it was like, yeah, you, you, we have an appointment. You know, you can get in like six months or some garbage. <laughs> and I was like, this is the right, thing, right? Com- gonna- communism is a failed system because you have to wait for things. Exactly. I'm, I, I'm saying, all right, I'll just self-medicate with alcohol, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I got to see the 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 famous, the rumored uh, campus therapist at Glasgow, um, and what what she told me because I, I was talking about like having this fucking anxiety disorder that I have, uh, and uh, she was like, have you tried 
wearing like pure copper or magnetite jewelry. Jesus uh, Christ! What? Uh, uh, and at that point, I was like, "Yeah, you, there's no actual like uh, qualification requirements to do this job, huh? It just it's therapist with a small T. Add a drop uh, of lavender to your bath." <laughs> she, she was a nice lady. She brought. She made her own green juice, which she like brought in every day. Uh, and like she, she was doing some really genuinely fascinating sounding legal research. And she had just been like deputized to do therapy for all of the undergrads who wanted to kill themselves. Oh my uh, god! I, I don't. It wasn't. It wasn't fair on her either with her fucking crazy jewelry theories. But like, yeah, no, that that's what there was. Um, so. Mm. Uh, yeah, I also, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Temple's, uh, therapy center, Tuttleman Counseling is an absolute fucking joke. It resulted in two people I know being sent to psych wards, uh, Drexel's, uh, counseling center, uh, is responsible for my friend being sent to a psych ward. Uh, the schools are, are, you know, absolutely fucking failing to maintain, I mean, basic support systems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean that they're, they're causing the problems. Like it's oh, not exactly. just that it's not just that uh, people entering university tend to be at a time in their lives when uh, responses to stress like are more heightened, and that mental illnesses that would otherwise have been latent become more emergent. It's not just that. That's some of it. Some of it is the fact that university, as it's organized now, makes everyone want to kill themselves. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that seems to me not a good way of organizing higher education. But what the fuck do I know, right? Because I don't have a degree, so fuck me. It well, I have a degree, and I agree with you. So there you go. Yes, That's exactly. I, I, I also have a degree, and I agree with you. Um, I don't. Two, two I, noted scholars. Yes, I don't. <laughs> I, my 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 advice is to go to trade school. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where you'll probably my, still be my, miserable, but you also probably won't kill yourself. Yeah, you'll also, you'll also make a t- like. It's the only way left to make money is to be like an HVAC guy. Oh yeah, uh, you get to you get or, to work with cool machines. You get yeah, to like weld right? shit. You know, it's like, like it's uh, one, a good the time. one thing I will say <laughs> is that in in a liberal arts college or like a traditional university, you do have a much lower risk of having your arm ripped off. Uh, not zero, but like lower. Uh, that that is the one thing that the university has going for it. Unless yeah. you're that girl at Yale who died with whatever the loom or something. It was uh, oh, no, it was fuck? a lathe. Um, oh, it was a lathe. No, yeah, uh, you should. <laughs> the, the loom tie. was sounding much grislier to me, to be honest. No, a lathe I can understand. That's she, just a regular lathe accident. She got her hair caught in the lathe, um, and you can figure it, out the rest. I it think. did not. Look, the best possible outcome was that it would scalp her, which it did not, and she got turned into pasta sauce. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Not so Great. good. No. Yeah, you, can, you can have a lot of fun in a, in a, in a shop, huh? Sure. We're going to have a very mixed reaction to this episode, I can tell. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so, in the 50s, uh, people thought the TV would kill college sports because people were morons. Uh, mm-hmm. So the NCAA actually voted to like outlaw televised college games uh, because basically they thought, well, people won't go to the games. Let's just be able to watch for free on TV, so we won't get any money. And then, uh, brains Walter geniuses. Byers, so the guy who has machined all this, imagined all this, uh, negotiates for the NCAA with TV networks 
Uh, eventually, like big football schools revolt against this. The NCAA continues to make a ton of money from television contracts via March Madness. Um, but yeah, I mean the the it's I think it's pretty clear. I don't have these in the notes. I think it, we could talk about uh, how the NCAA fucks over kids, right? Because as I mentioned, you know, there's a kid from Rice who got cut from the football team. Uh, and they therefore yanked his scholarship. So it's like, mm-hmm. how are a lot of these poor black kids supposed to pay for college now? Yeah, the poor black kids who they're also given concussions. Right, exactly. Uh, and the and the argument is always, well, they're being paid in their scholarship, but it's like, yeah, but not fucking relative to their labor. Yeah, it's so it, like, it's an indenture, right? It's, right exactly. We, we we said slavery earlier. It's not precisely slavery. What it is is indentured servitude. And uh, we also know that universities. Like a lot of the diplomas these kids receive are they don't ever go to class. Mm. Um, this happened in the University of Georgia, where uh, a professor whose name I can't recall, I'll find it, uh, was fired basically because she refused to participate in grade inflation. Um, and the university basically hounded her out and she sued and won whatever $2.6 million. Sure. And Georgia is, basically had to explain. Compared to what they get from the football team. Right. So and Georgia basically shit? had to explain, like, we got to stay on the level playing field. And that means, like, basically a winking acknowledgement that, like, these are not schools. They are football teams with schools attached, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the it's, SEC. It's, it, there's, two, there's two genders of university real estate fund or football team. And uh, I mean, that's not to say <laughs> schools in the SEC are bad, but that, that's absolutely true. Sometimes basketball schools, sometimes oh, you forgot true, about yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this this is 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 pretty fucking clear that the schools essentially make all the money off these kids and then dispose of them when they're finished with them. Mm. Uh, kids can't make money off their likenesses. Uh, nope. There was Shabazz Napier who played for UConn, uh, played UConn basketball about six seven years ago, and is now in the NBA. Talked about a lot of nights he would go to bed hungry because he couldn't <laughs> afford food. Because the NCAA had taken away any ability for him to get any sort of stipend for food, uh, so they really do. They exist in this bubble that nobody else lives in, and then mm. they fucking. We, we could also yeah. we can also talk about the kind of the general uh, hypocrisy of uh, like academic standards as and when it suits the university institution, like plagiarism or like essay writing or anything like that, where it's it it's convenient to the university. It's not just athletes. Uh, like it'll be, it can be legacies. Uh, it can be if you want to keep your exchange student numbers up. There's all kinds of levers you can pull if you work in university administration and you want to like fuck around with things. Uh, and th- that's just, I think, every day. Uh, I think that's absolutely accepted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, schools, I think, absolutely. It's pretty clear why. I mean, the the account, like they do, you know, some Hollywood accounting to make it say. Oh, we actually lose money on all these programs, but they fucking don't. As an example, mm-hmm. uh, Penn State took in like 165 million two years ago. Yeah. You know, <sighs> oh, Texas fuck. are we going to talk about Felicity Huffman also? Oh, uh, uh, we can. And university admissions, because that's the other fun thing. Yeah, we might is, as well go for yeah. it. <laughs> With this, so if if you've been living under a rock, basically what happened was. Um, the the feds fucking uncovered a like genuine interstate conspiracy to get rich fail sons and fail daughters into good universities, uh, which had a lot of celebrities attached to it. Most notably, Felicity Huffman, who I think briefly went to jail over this. 
Uh, and it was like sort of focused around this idea of like you could exploit disability accommodations by uh, like a combination of the right forms. You could be like, yeah, my daughter has bad brain, uh, and then <laughs> through that get like three times the exam time and get to have the exam totally unsupervised. So you can just cheat. Uh, and the worst part was uh, a lot of these kids had no fucking clue, right? That their parents were photoshopping oh, them yeah. into things to be like, yeah, she she plays volleyball, so we can put that on on the statement. And it's like, it's so grim, uh, and it's it's so revealing of the role of the university as this like machine for preserving intergenerational like legitimacy and wealth. Uh, that like this kid who doesn't even know if they want to go to college or where they want to go to college, has had this whole package arranged for them, where somebody will write the heartfelt personal essay, and somebody will like do all of the like uh, volunteering and shit for them, just so they can they can like tick off another box. It's fucked. It absolutely is fucked, and, and that does really speak, I think, to just the nature of like how clear it is when you talk about schools like Harvard, uh, who are also located in that. I believe someone sold a coach or something, a house far below market value, and then his kid was on the team the next year. Uh, yeah. By all accounts, the kid was miserable. Um, <laughs> it's also, you know, the NCAA, but really does, I think, the kids aren't entitled to their likeness, but the NCAA can make money off the kids' likenesses. You have, quote, scandals where uh, kids, you know, Kids are maybe being paid, or the families are being paid, but these universities can do the same thing and just are never punished because mm-hmm. it fucks with their ad revenue or, or you know, NCAA revenue if they don't. Yeah, universities are insanely corrupt. Is yeah. what you should be guessing from this. Yes. Yeah. Talking of and which, I mean, the, the, NC, the NCAA is the worst because it's like it's the giant rat nakedly, that makes all of the rules. Nakedly, so yeah, and they just don't give a fuck. And now you know the NCAA might have to compete with alternative paths for kids to enter pro leagues. And it's worth noting that like the pro leagues uh, are totally in cahoots with this. The players associations want to keep the kids in college because that means that they, not as many of them can enter on cheap rookie contracts, dethroning mm-hmm. kind of the senior players. Yep. It's um, fucked. It is absolutely fucked. Uh, next slide, please. Whoosh. All right. So these are two bastards. Hmm. So just a on, couple of very normal shaped heads. <laughs> that's what football does to you. So <laughs> on the yeah. left we have Joe Paterno. Fuck Penn State. Fuck Penn mm. State. Uh, well, he he tried. Yeah. Uh, he was fired along with uh, several administrators from Penn State after they covered up sexual abuse by an assistant coach by the name of Jerry Sandusky, possibly as far back as 1988. Uh, yeah, but it, for years and in years and years. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, like walked in on him actually abusing a child, and like did the Grandpa Simpson hat stand thing, just walked right back out again. Right, uh, and I'm sure well, I'm sorry to walk in on you abusing a child. I'm just gonna cover this up. Don't you worry. And let me yeah. just get this out of the way right now. Yes, Paterno did the legal bare minimum in reporting it to Tim Curley, uh, his boss. Uh, who should have gone to the police? Paterno also knew that the cops weren't going to do it. That he that Curly was going to sit on it. Mm-hmm. Paterno yeah. should have gone to police and did not multiple times. Do you Joe think you Paterno have a bad, like at all? Does, no. does it matter? No. Oh, absolutely. I fucking don't think so. The common defense is always 
Well, he cared about the football team and the kids on the football team so much. Blah, 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 that's blah, blah. Insane. He really didn't kill, care about fucking nine-year-olds being raped in showers. No. Like, no, don't fucking give me that. I don't want to fucking my hear question, Malcolm Gladwell defending Joe fucking Paterno. Yeah, my, my question, though, is fucking, was, was Jerry Sandusky even good as a coach? Like, w was he, like, the fucking golden goose that, like, allows you to justify that shit to yourself? Because it seems like he was just kind of, like, he was fine as a coach, he was okay. Like, I, I, I don't know how good you'd have to be at football for it to become understandable to cover something like that up, but I don't think he was it, so I don't get it. I believe uh, that Penn State did win a national title. Uh, oh, okay. During his one, one national title. And mm -hmm. he did receive Assistant Coach of the Year awards twice. Uh, but cool. yeah, the guy's an absolute fucking scumbag. Joe mm -hmm. Paterno knew what was happening and chose yep. not to do anything uh, in order to protect the football team. Joe Paterno is also the fucking guy that filed a lawsuit uh, when someone filed a Freedom of Information Act request to figure out what his actual salary was because Penn State wasn't telling us. <laughs> yeah. That's still a statue of him, right? Uh, I think it's in storage. They may have brought it back out. They took it um, down. It's back out now. I've seen it. I know that people got in a lot of trouble uh, a couple of years ago during the Temple Penn State game when uh, some Temple kids uh, unfurled a banner that said Joe Pa knew. And Joe well, Pa absolutely knew. And if yeah. you have any Penn State fans, alum in the audience, you absolutely fucking know he's guilty. I don't want to hear it. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go, you go down to Happy Valley now, all the bookstores have a bunch of Joe Pa biographies in the window. Yes. They still I mean, love that guy. Even though they did. he Graham. covered up for a child rapist. Yeah, mm -hmm. he did. And I mean, the Joe Pa fans and defenders are fucking dis disgusting, despicable people. And the university, you know, did this kind of half-assed, we know we have to do something sort of deal. But, mm. like, not nearly enough. They saw a foundation or some shit. They probably did. Probably. Yeah. This is a sick system. Yes. Yes. Uh, we, first thing we got to do, we got to abolish sports. Who's this other guy? Oh, I actually do. I actually do want to quote. I just want to quote Joe Paterno. Uh, November eighth. Uh, I believe the day he is, uh, the day before he is dismissed, he gives a statement and he says, and I'm quoting verbatim here: "The kids mm. who were victims, or whatever they want to say, I think we all ought to say a prayer for them." It's a tough life when people do certain things to you. Yeah, thanks. And then he turned around to lead the crowd in We Are Penn State cheers. The guy went to his grave believing he had done nothing wrong. Oh, so th this guy never has a bad time with the lays. There's no justice. Yeah, yes. Joe Paterno. I... Fuck Penn State. Not even a little bit joking here. That school should be fucking abolished and run into the ground. And it, mm. and it can become Temple West, and we'll get to how Temple football <laughs> fucks over people in a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to say, like, the only thing that I'm not certain of is, uh, to what extent is this just normal, right? Like, oh, it's, it's extremely. It is mm. extremely normal. And, uh, it's like, there's a whole book by John Krakauer, which I actually read as research for this episode, called Missoula. The subtitle is uh, Rape in the Justice System in a College Town. 
Uh, it's a pr- very good book. And it talks about at the University of Montana, the same thing, basically. Not child sex abuse, but rape after rape is covered up through basically a collaboration of the school and the city or town in which it's located. Mm. Uh, so the guy on the right here is Art Bryles, and he is heinous. Mm. All right. Art Bryles is a former football coach of Baylor University, which is a Baptist university in Waco, Texas. So we're already off to a flying start. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In 2017, uh, Diane Moskowitz of Deadspin, I believe, broke the story that there had been 52 rapes in four years by the football team. This one a month? Yeah. Basically. And we are talking, again, I... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly going to leave out some of the very gruesome details. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's can, always bad. Can, yeah, but <laughs> much, our, much like the hazing stuff, like this is one thing where I am going to like attribute some of that to like it's it's young men and young men do absolutely heinous shit routinely, uh, especially when like it's it's in a collegial environment because it becomes this sort of vicious cycle, right? Um, it's it's very bad. Is absolutely absolute, yeah. So okay. Uh, in September 2015, two Baylor football players are convicted of sexual assault, and there are allegations against other players. So <coughs> the school whose chancellor, and I am not making this up at the time, is Ken Starr. Yes, that Ken Starr. Fuck. Uh, commissioned Pepper Hamilton to do an independent investigation regarding the university's handling of sexual assault, rape, so on and so forth. Um, uh, and the report is brutal. Mm. Uh, it finds that the, the university knew these players were raping people basically left and right. I mean, constantly, mm-hmm. genuinely. Uh, you're talking sexual assault, you're talking, you know, bodily assault, you're talking just like throwing people around rooms. Uh, the university sits on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Art Bryles coach on the right, uh, says, oh, I don't know anything. But it's very clear based on the report that he absolutely did and that Baylor administration absolutely did know. This goes on, I mean, for years and years and years under uh, Art Bryles and uh, Ken Starr's tenure, and they just do nothing. And the Waco PD just does nothing. Mm. Uh, There's, you know, they refuse to basically investigate. The university refuses to investigate. There's no discipline for uh, football players, there is a culture of kind of show them a good time with recruits, which included yeah. rapes, which included underage drinking, which included basically everything you can think of. Uh, it's just the, the Baylor players kind of defend their teammates. Obviously, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the university was called a hunting ground for sexual predators. Uh, Baylor kind of refuses to release the papers they have. Finally, they're forced to. I mean, this this goes on and on. Like I said, I don't want to not dwell yeah. too much, but there's there's nothing a fucking engineering disasters podcast can say other than uh, these institutions have to be held accountable, and they're not going to do it them fucking selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, also football as a sport is like it's it's a religion down there. Yes, it's, that's a, that's. So we're talking about two diseased institutions. Yeah. of the sport of football and the university. Yeah. And the, the way that those things interact is just so 
So bad on, they're bad on their own, they're worse together. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, two, two shitty tastes that taste even worse. It's a gestalt. Yes. <laughs> uh, that, so, you have, you know, Baylor uh, is a D1 team in a big conference, and obviously they don't want to lose that television money. So nope. why would why would they you know they don't they're not incentivized to do the right thing nor was Penn State nor was the University of Colorado nor was the University of Montana so on and so mm-hmm. forth these schools and you can just pick a, you can just pick off you, a list you can pick a school you really can't pick a school uh but yeah I mean this is this is so common I I don't really have words for it but other than just this is pure fucking evil and the NCAA basically allows this to happen by virtue of not actually punishing schools, even though it can punish them for, like, it can make Reggie Bush hand back his, uh, his Heisman football trophy, but they couldn't mm-hmm. do a meaningful punishment to Penn State. Penn my, State should have gotten yeah. the death penalty. Baylor <laughs> should have gotten the death penalty. Yeah. My, my fucking, my, like, the closest thing I have to a political answer to this is abolish college sports. And in, in the same way as like abolish the police. It's not necessarily that you don't need something like it. I'm not opposed to kids playing football. It's that the institution as it now exists is irredeemable. Yeah, every, everyone who's currently involved in college football, um, except maybe the players, should be mm-hmm. barred from ever taking uh, part. Just, in college football. You should just. You should just like. I should be able to approach every single uh, like person in coaching staff and administration. Armed with a lathe, and I and just see what happens. Most of them have yes. short hair. Nothing's going to happen. I um, I do want to s- make something happen. Proud I- of you, Alice. You get him, sport. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, the the one thing I I do want to say too is that like, uh, as far as kind of the answer, like when you have the melding of two essentially extremely greedy institutions. Nothing good mm. is going to come out of that. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, and this is this really does speak, I think, to the, the universities who won't pay these kids, but like then they've got to settle lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, and it's like, where are your fucking priorities? Mm. All right, uh, next slide, please. Now, oh. now that we've thoroughly made ourselves yeah. furious, yes. yeah. Come on. Why can't no. you just go to DeVry? No. They probably never abused anybody. They did lose a, a basketball game, like, what is it, 2.30? Yeah, to yeah, we've, all, see, we've okay. all seen John Boyce's YouTube We're, we're serious about success. <laughs> sure you are. Um, we're serious about success. We're serious about success. We're serious okay, about yeah. success. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna hang up on this call. <laughs> Alright. Temple University. Uh, and Drexel and Penn. Uh, Temple University is a school I attended before I graduated from Rutgers. Uh, I will say that you also Temple went to does... Drexel. Yeah, for a year actually. Yeah, and then I transferred because I couldn't make up my mind. Um, None of us went to this. I went to Temple. That's a Temple T. Yeah, you never went to Penn though. I just X'd oh. it out. Oh, oh, this okay. Is a who's on first? Ass slide. Yeah, oh. I. I... Oh, uh-huh. I, well, I was only looking at the, You know, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 alright. Let's talk about Penn first. And let's talk about Philly as a city, actually. Hmm. Yeah, Philly, I'll buy it. What, what is Philadelphia? Poor as shit. Mm. Yes. Philly is the poorest... 
big city in America. Uh, and yet, we have the University of Pennsylvania, and Temple University, and Drexel University, and St. Joe's University, and LaSalle, but who gives a shit about LaSalle, and not Villanova. <laughs> Again, not Nova. Do you pay wage tax? No, you're not a Philly school. And uni- <laughs> University of the Sciences, which, as they always advertise, has the highest average income for, post- for, for graduates of any college in the United States. Um, I really like when universities <laughs> advertise with a statistic like that. The one is the one I like here is uh, University You're of the West of Scotland, the University of the West of Scotland, which I think used to be Paisley College. Oh wow! Uh, went with uh, our graduates have the highest satisfaction rate, and I'm like, yeah, it's great. They're really happy uh, in the same way that like a, a like a free range hen is. I it's yeah, cool. I, That's I, all relative. I'd rather be a free-range hen than a factory-farmed hen, I will say that. Oh, sure. But we're, yeah, we're that's all true. being factory-farmed right now, so, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let me first talk about Penn. The University of Pennsylvania owns $3.2 billion in property around in, in Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, the endowment is, I don't know the exact number, I believe it is around $15 billion. Yeah, which is objectively insane. You are the only country in the world that does this. If you look at endowments for like even like the two big universities, aren't they only in, like a couple hundred UK. million? Like, and you yeah, had like I mean, you had a four hundred year head start. Yeah, I, I think Oxford and Cambridge might be in the billions, but they're like the low billions, and that's like they're, they're like a low to mid tier American university, basically. Harvard's uh, is forty point nine. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, Mr. Burns, we could use an international airport. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what Glasgow's endowment is, and it's gonna be—it's gonna be like uh, something like a state college. Yeah, pretty much. Fast. <laughs> well, like, they do all of the same advanced research. Two hundred million pounds. Uh, so, like by now, about two hundred million dollars. Ooh. All that has to go to restoring the uh, Charles Rennie Macintosh building, or is that is that Glasgow <laughs> College? Is that is that something separate? No, no. I don't we've, we've we've also got like a, a an art museum full of whistlers that we have to like touch up to. Could uh, be worse. Here in southeastern yeah. Pennsylvania, we have the uh, Brandywine Museum, which is just Wyeth paintings. Oh Ooh. my god! We get it. The American landscape is romantic. It's true. Uh, Very true. Penn has the an, an endowment of fourteen point six five billion dollars. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, would you like to know how much they pay in property taxes? Um, I'm gonna guess zero. It's zero that's the dollars. It is zero dollars. Yeah. yeah. I may actually so, not be entirely correct on that because I know that they do pay some taxes. I believe it would be anywhere where they are not in the special institutional zone and do not have the 10-year tax abatement. So, mm. Morris Arboretum, and where else? Um, the Morris Arboretum is in Montgomery County. Well, I know, but I don't know so, if they pay taxes like, on they, that. They probably pay taxes on that one, sure. Mm. And the new Bolton Center, which is their horse farm. So, like, basically, basically, the university as it exists now is a tax dodge, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Penn basically owns a horse farm, so... Uh, hmm. Oh boy. Okay, so, great. Penn doesn't pay taxes in the largest uh, poor city in America. They refuse to do a pilot, what's called a payment in lieu of taxes, uh, insisting that what they do is enough. 
uh, of schools in the Ivy, Ivy League. The two that don't are Penn and Columbia. Hmm. Penn to lend to Est. Watch, watch <laughs> out for that phrasing. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get go suspended from the podcast. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, my bad. Uh, well, whatever. This is a bonus episode. I can do whatever I want. Mm. Liam, uh, t- tell us about Temple football. Yes. Oh, do you like that rant? It's just mm. Liam rants? Yes. 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 Please right, rant. Cool. Okay. So Temple football is bad. Uh, here's the thing: is that Temple competes in in the United States, what's called a mid-major conference. We compete in the American Athletic Conference. The best program in that conference any given year is the University of Central Florida, the University of South Florida, uh, Southern Methodist University, and/or the University of Houston. SMU. <laughs> who got a worse penalty than fucking Penn State did just for giving? Like, and they had a cool 80s scandal where they were like hiring strippers and paying for Ferraris. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Exactly. We yeah. should have that back. More yeah. of that kind of scandal, right? Yeah, the kind of feel good, like, haha, I can't believe you idiots got caught rather than I can't believe you raped 30 kids. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow, you, like, you hired that, sex hmm. workers as opposed to raped women. Yeah. Move yeah. One of these Capital is objectively is like the, 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 it, it is a contract. Which yeah. which was it's also, it's also it's funny it's would you funny call like it, would you call it the blowshell contract? <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> but by by way of a law enforcement comparison, I'll point out the Secret Service's counter assault team getting caught just hiring sex workers in every hotel they went to and just showing up to work just hammered all the time. That rules. That's a good kind of scandal. We would need that kind of scandal. Imagine back. being the poor son of a bitch that has to take a bullet for Eric Trump. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'd be drinking too. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the old Miss's former uh, football coach now at Liberty University, owned by the Falwells, uh, hired a bunch of sex workers and did some gross recruiting stuff of his own. Hmm. I said in full disclosure, an old Miss fan. But okay, back to Temple football sucking. So, yeah. uh, they compete in, 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 a, in a conference that will never go to the college football playoff. Which is, frankly, at some point, the only thing that matters. Uh, and that's not really Temple's fault. They're in a mid-major conference. They're only ever going to select uh, schools from bigger conferences. But Temple has had this idea since we had our last good season four years ago that we should build a football stadium in North Philly, which is where Temple sure. is. Oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah, and I, how we're going to do I'm that... Seeing... Is, I'm seeing the John Boyce thing of like we're just flying through in Google Maps. You get the music, you know, yeah. Temple basically wants to eminent domain themselves uh, a stadium. Uh, Temple football is bad. We lost to Notre Dame uh, Halloween 2015, and that was our high point as a football school. Temple is a basketball school. But this is, I think, an example of just universities being greedy for the sake of being greedy. Mm. They have that practice field that, like, a corner is cut off by the Reading Viaduct, which is funny yeah. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a baseball stadium, but it's football. There's just a yeah, corner cut it's off. It's bizarre. <laughs> Temple, Temple, like, has no business wanting to build this stadium. Temple football really has no business for existing. And yet they insist because TV revenue deals and so on and so forth make it possible for them to make huge sums of money from this mediocre team that they think somehow 
will become a great football powerhouse. If, if you're and a stadium a, stomper, please come on our podcast. It'll oh, be, yeah, it'll absolutely, be a good time. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, this is a grassroots organization organizing against the um, te- uh, the Temple Stadium because it's going to be a stupid, dumb disaster area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Temple kids are not exactly well known for their ability to uh, make nice with people who have lived in North Philly their whole lives. Mm. Uh, mm. And Temple really does nothing to, to, to fix that. They have what's called the Good Neighbor Initiative. They don't fucking mean it. Temple sucks. Go owls, but Temple sucks. Why, why, why is it that every time the university gets caught in something shitty, they just start a foundation? You can just like you can count the shitty things by the foundations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or whatever weird grants uh, they do that aren't mm-hmm. accountable to anybody. Well, Gla- Glasgow University had the uh, d- started doing reparations for slavery like two hundred years later. Uh, so that that was the foundation. That's cool. And then uh, they're still like investing in weapons manufacturers and stuff. So who who cares? I will say also that Temple does have the largest university police force in the United States, uh, <laughs> because of where it is. Uh, and Temple really wants to basically build, but pull a Columbia and buy all of North Philly. Uh, and that's that's pretty fucking gross for a school. That should be doing what's really its mission, which is to educate people who may not get a shot at education otherwise. And it's fucking embarrassing that Temple continues to try to be St. Joe's or Villanova or whatever relatively suburban school when it's fucking not. Mm. Okay, so Temple currently plays at the Link, right? Yes. Which we pay a million dollars, a million dollars a year to do, and it's actually going to be more than that. And the Link... even though. The link is owned by the city. The city, yes, it is. But the rent is paid to the Eagles. Yes, it's so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's <laughs> extremely stupid. It's just efficiency. <laughs> they yeah, they want they want this. Uh, they play. They did play at uh, a stadium uh, in West Oak Lane for a while until seventy seven. Uh, and then they started move, and then they moved to South Philly. Uh, they basically insist that they need a massive home stadium right there in North Philly, which is fucking insane. Hmm. It really is. Yale could use an international airport, huh? Yes. The Yale Bowl is a nice stadium. What? Why the? Why does the university have this drive to expand other than just uh, money? I mean, that's it. Because mm. it wants to be Drexel. It wants to be a real estate investment trust. I was about to cool. say, uh, the ne- the next slide is where we start well, talking yeah, about the other, the, yeah, the other gender, which is the real <laughs> estate trust with the university attached. But before we go into that, I do need to use the restroom. Yeah, I, I need be- another soda. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's, this is going to be like a three-hour episode. I'm going to get oh, through gosh. this in 30 minutes, I promise. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me mute myself real quick. I'll just, I'll just sit here and tell jokes. Yeah, you do that. All right. Uh, so, a group of five Jewish women are eating lunch in a cafe, uh, and their uh, their neighbor, their waiter approaches the table. And he says, "Ladies, is anything okay?" And then my favorite one is: uh, there's a Jewish man shipwrecked on a desert island. He's stuck, you know, for years. Uh, eventually, uh, using materials, he finds it on the island. He builds a house, a store, and a synagogue. Uh, he makes a whole neighborhood. Uh, you know, it's it's incredibly impressive. And one day he's rescued by a passing ship. 
Uh, the sailors help him, you know, take his stuff, and they get ready to leave. But one of them says, why did you build two synagogues? And he says, this is my synagogue. And then he trots over the other one and points at it and says, this is the, this is the one I would never go to. So, uh, oh, God. Uh, well, whatever. I'll just sit here and continue to tell you about Temple football, which is bad. Temple has no fucking excuse trying to build a stadium. We're, we're in the AAC. We're never going to get to the title game. It doesn't matter. We lost to fucking Villanova at Buffalo like two years ago. This is a team that really has no business exi- existing. Uh, Temple constantly loses coaches, which I guess is cool. Uh, however, we, uh, yeah, this is we, a long ass we, joke. we almost beat, no, no, I'm still going about our loss to Notre Dame, uh, on Halloween in like 2015. It was, it was, we almost won that tail. We were up mm. 20 to 17, uh, with two minutes and 30 seconds left. And then, uh, Notre Dame beat us on a, on a like walk-off touchdown. Uh so the kid goes into the confessional and he says, wow, it's dark in here. And the priest says, don't start that shit again. <laughs> you get, you get, this is, this is your benefit as a Patreon, is you, you get the punchline to that joke, and I'll give you the setup if you go up a tier. I like that. Just, just like DM me and I will give you the setup to that joke. I, I was not here, I missed everything. Back now. <sighs> That's fine. All right. Let's, All right, uh, let's talk about... Uh, Drexel. So mm. we're yeah we're we've gone from the football industrial complex uh, to the real estate industrial complex as relates to uh, universities. Um, huh. So hey, I see a McKinsey office up there. Really? Just, uh, yeah, oh, the just, uh, t- yeah, top right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow, they're at the corner of the parking garage of the Sears Center. Interesting. I, I love to work overlooking a Sears in a parking lot, uh, fixing bread prices in Canada. Yes. Thanks for nothing, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, not all uh, universities are football powerhouses with academics yeah. attached. Some are real estate powerhouses with universities attached, right? So, let's talk mm. about my alma mater, <laughs> Drexel University. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Drexel, just a very fun name to say a bunch of times. Doesn't start sounding say. weird. Uh, Drexel University, of course, founded by A.J. Drexel, who was a uh, partner to J.P. Morgan, big financier, douchebag, you know. Um, he, um, God, I don't know what he did. Have you ever heard of Drexel Burnham and Company? He's a, yeah, he's he's like a, a, he was a banker. Yeah, yeah, he's a banker. Mm-hmm. He, he, had, he, he had a lot of money by virtue of having a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah, one of, the, one of those guys whose money makes money. And then uh, his um, daughter, I think, was canonized as a saint. Yep. St. Catherine Drexel. Drexel. Yep. Yeah, St. Catherine Drexel. How, how, how does that happen? Was she martyred? I... No, she did a lot uh, for Catholics around Philly, I believe. Uh, okay. All right. She did, what, what are her miracles, though? Because she's got to have two. Three. It's three. Two is beatified. Three. Oh, oh fuck. Okay, <laughs> shit. I don't know what they are. Uh, he, uh, she, uh, allegedly It's gonna be cured... one of those modern, unfalsifiable ones, like she cured someone's cancer, right? Def- deafness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's heard a loud sound. It turned out to be temporary. Uh, yeah, deafness, actually, deafness, uh, for both. 
Were both of them? Both <laughs> One trick pony much? Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they gotta they gotta figure it out somehow. All right, so welcome to <laughs> welcome to my alma mater, uh, Drexel University. Um, well, also Liam went there for one year. Um, so, um, and I think this is a classic example of how the real estate uh, academic complex works um, in real time. So, universities, especially urban ones, are seeking new routes to get revenue. Right. One of the mm-hmm. best ones is to leverage their real estate holdings to create new hmm. sources of income, right? This is good. The, so the housing market's always going to go up, right? Yeah, forever, yes. Okay. So Just checking. The fastest method is to lease their excess land to developers, right? Because in a lot of places, universities have a very wide berth into what they're able to do with their land especially Drexel and University of Pennsylvania, which is everything south of Chestnut Street, um, like along this line. This is all um, UPenn. Bad. Bad. Except right here. <laughs> this is Baby Blue's Barbecue, which is good. Um, so, you know, and don't go to White Dog. It's bad. It's just irritating. Um, I think Liam got <laughs> kicked out of there once. Um, yeah. No, not that one. Not that one. Uh, was that the other one? Yeah, that was the one on the in Haverford. Oh, what okay. did you do? Threw up. Oh, okay. What can you do anyway? Yeah. So, the fastest method to you know start creating income from your excess land is to start leasing that land to developers, right? You know, then you can get the income straight up. The developers make money because they're putting up buildings, and Drexel has a lot of excess land in very well prop- uh, positioned locations. To make a lot of money, right? So this hmm. parking lot here by the Megabus stop, keep in mind right here is 30th Street Station, where, you know, it's like an hour and a half to New York City. It's two hours to Washington, D.C. on high-speed trains, you know, so all this stuff is pretty valuable. They got more parking lots down here. They got a parking lot <laughs> down here. They got this oh, no. building here, right? Okay, um, where else? That that This is... Not a great building right here. Um, we'll, just, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I love to go to parking lot school of law. Uh, they have air rights over this area over here, right? And most of the university is farther back along, you know, here, right? Yeah, uh, that's co- that's cool. Just just a big asphalt parking lot just sitting in the sun baking. Several, yes. several big asphalt parking lots just sitting in the sun baking. Yeah, it's, mm. um, uh, Drexel has been consistently voted the ugliest campus in America uh, many years we running. We trade it with uh, Carnegie Mellon sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite Philly statistic after the one where we found out that you had the most dangerous intersection in America. Yes. <laughs> we have many things here. So, um, Okay, so they own a lot of parking lots, which they can lease to developers to make a shitload of money. Not necessarily a bad idea if, you know, they're replacing these parking lots, which are objectively bad things to have in an urban environment, to add denser development, maybe some academic spaces, maybe some offices and residential spaces to make some money. There's also parking lots back here, and uh, I'd never talked about University City High School. We should talk about that at some point. Not in this episode, though. That's too much. Um, so, uh, 
All this stuff is zoned very generously. You could put any size building here. There's basically no, no restrictions on what you could put there. So, you know, very attractive real estate. Hmm. Um, Drexel decided to start monetizing their real estate under uh, John Fry, MBA, university president. Um, not, not a PhD, an MBA. Uh, so but how did they, I think he was the first guy without a PhD to be president of the university. Um, huh. he, he did a lot so of work. So obviously he is a worker then. Yes, exactly. Uh, all MBAs are workers. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's now. I'll start yelling about business school in a second. So how did they actually start monetizing their real estate? Again, keep in mind, there's lots of obvious monetizable parcels. Um, let me change colors of the pen because I've already done so much highlighting um, that it's all confusing. So where the blue highlighting here, right, pay attention mm -hmm. to that, is currently a 30-story tall privatized student dorm uh, dormitory, right? That's cool. called the Summit. Um, sucks. <laughs> Why are student residences always called this? I, I like the one I walk past is the Roost. It's not it's, like it's, it's just so fucking terrible. I don't even uh -huh. know why it's called the summit because the summit of the hill is probably it's somewhere around here. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so on that site prior to that was a building called Hess Labs. Ooh, it's ugly. I love it. I know it's um. It looks modern. There's actually three buildings from the late 1800s <laughs> behind this concrete facade. Um, they just put oh, the facade around it. Um, <laughs> they're in building jail. They're, they are in building <laughs> jail, yes. So there was, a lot of, there was a lot of stuff crammed in this building, right? There were the heavy civil engineering labs. There was the large-scale seismic testing platform, which was the only one on the East Coast. A uh, cool building. Yes. Where they keep all of the like science that involves hitting stuff with stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, there was the machine shop. Um, there was the concrete canoe club. There was the formula. The what? Concrete Excuse canoe. Excuse me. Concrete yeah. canoe. Yeah. You build, you build a canoe out of concrete. That rules. I, I... And, and then you race it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, this is totally new to me. Does, does it like on water? Yes. Yeah. It floats? Yeah. Oh, well, of course it floats. Why wouldn't it float? But yeah, it, that, hmm. It was Concrete Canoe. Uh, there was Formula SAE, which is where you build uh, a, a Formula-style race car. It's like a student project. That's what I, that's the team I was on. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, right above Formula SAE was the Bloodborne Pathogen Lab. I don't know why that was in there. <laughs> Look, it's got heavy walls, right? Yeah. You, if you want, if you want to get zombified, this is the building that you want it to happen in. It, yeah. it reminds me very much of how the at my university, uh, the, there's a, I think it's a BSL four lab in the like virology and immunology building. That's just like it, it's it's the only building on campus that has setback, and it's like it's it's backed off of everything else. That's and it's got help. its own like air thing, and, and and you're just like you're you're looking at it across the lawn, and you're thinking, that's not gonna be enough. <laughs> I will say the bloodborne pathogen lab probably had no business being in this building, which is a bunch of sta <laughs> stables for the Abbott's Dairy. 
um, back yeah. when they delivered on horse carts, which I, covered in just, concrete. I, it's it's like a far side comic to put the to put the bloodborne pathogens lab in the same building as the seismic test rig. Yeah, it was. It's it, like it, it was it's a like a giant sign. The second story. Fragile. Yeah, yeah fr fragile glass <laughs> vials department. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so. I think a bunch of hydraulics labs were in there, too. Um, anything that didn't fit anywhere else on campus went in there. Um, I, was, hmm. I was on the Formula SAE team my freshman, sophomore year at Drexel. Um, sort of didn't get myself involved so much after then, for reasons we'll get into. Um, so, you know, the idea of Formula SAE. SAE is not the fraternity, it's the Society of Automotive Engineers. Um, and you know the idea is you, you betrayed your car bad train good roots, race car good, race oh. car bad race, race car good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and the the idea is you build this sort of you build a race car from scratch every year. You race it in a competition. Ours was out in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and you know we had we had a pretty good team. Consistently, a we made it through tech. You know, which is better than a lot of teams did, including the Honda Technical School. Um, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Dude, these nerds! No, they were nerds because they showed up. They were so well funded, um, and they were the, they all had matching uniforms, and they came with a big fucking professional like semi truck. You know, like the big race car trucks, right? And their exhaust was like a piece of dryer vent on their car. <laughs> and I want, I, I want very badly for this to work along the same rules as like the twenty four hours of lemons, where you can like get that and you can like bribe your way in with like a suitcase full of beans. No, our, our the way we got through tech was we had one very aggressive uh, man who would um, just you know bring bring the entire shop along with them into the tech uh, um, inspection. And just fix everything immediately in front of the inspectors and say, there, it's, it's fixed, it's done. <laughs> the rules. Yeah. That's where you learn to edit podcasts. God bless Evan. Um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm looking up these cars. And they like you guys really went for the wing thing that like 70s Formula One did. They've all got enormous spoilers. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're like now. Um down for us. Yeah. Mm. So you know, we had a pretty large, well-equipped well space in there. We had lots of machine tools. We had welders. We could, you know, we had milling machines. We had our own CNC, even. It was a crappy wow. CNC, but it worked. Um, we had lots of privacy, which was good, because um, some not-so-OSHA things happened in there. <laughs> <laughs> professor Kaczynski rides again. Our, our, the, the sponsoring professor, no one, had, no one of us had ever seen him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is the good kind of university corruption, is where it's the guy who like has, has just a shop and don't ask any questions about it. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it's a pretty, uh, it, was, it was a ri ridiculous space. It was also a, a it, it was big enough that you could park a few cars down there if you didn't want to pay for university parking. Um, mm. So genius. As 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 one of my friends uh, described it, it was the place was run like we were a nineteen seventies NASCAR team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
this building, right? Lots of stuff happened in this building that didn't fit anywhere else in the university, right? Large, complex machinery that required special structural requirements, especially the seismic testing platform, which was next door to us. And again, the Bloodborne Pathogen Lab was right over where we were doing... Um, just just bump into somebody st- holding yeah. a wrench by accident. You're like, whoops! Whoops, I guess we caused coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, you Congratulations know. on being patient zero. <laughs> Have you ever heard of uh, MIT Building 20? This was a very similar environment, you know, where mm. lots of lots of creative resource research happened because no one cared about the building. Um, <laughs> so, in my sophomore year of college, they decided this building had to go. So, American campus Ugh. communities could lease the land and put up a privatized dormitory called the Summit, right? Mm. And that's this guy here. Occupies oh, the same the, land. With the paneling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks like every building I've ever seen in the last ten years. It's, it's not a good-looking building, I will say that. No. Mm. You know, it's... One of the weird things is, it, it emulates some of the earlier privatized dormitories which were built at Drexel, which we'll get to in mm. a second. Which, um, those are Robert Stern buildings, if I recall. This was... They cheaped out on the architect on this one. I mean, not that the Robert Stern buildings looked all that good that the materials were at least nice um anyway so they tore the they tore this building down including i i believe there was in order to house the seismic testing unit there was a uh, a strong wall made of 10,000 psi concrete oh god which, damn which is um uh, i guess to put it in perspective usually high strength concrete is like 3,000 psi Mm. Right. I'm like that's that's like the final boss of like demolition simulator, <laughs> a game that I have just invented in my head and now want badly. Yes. <laughs> oh, There's a uh, um oh god, so uh, a couple of my friends who were in Concrete Canoe um got a um uh I helped them design some mugs for the Drexel construction management program because they had taken a um a couple demolition cra- uh, classes which was just the um, the Drexel University construction management logo, but the Drexel Dragon had a uh, hard hat on and was smoking a cigarette. Uh, <laughs> and uh, underneath it said, Gravity Luck Balls. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta find, that's the, that's the thing we need for shirts, also. That's the energy we need to bring. Well, I have the mug right in front of me right now, actually. Still mm-hmm. use it. Great mug. Uh, so, um, when this building was torn down, right, all the heavy civil engineering labs, all the other labs were either, they were moved into much smaller spaces where the university had room for them, or the equipment was just thrown out, right? <sighs> um, somebody, got, somebody got a perfectly functional CNC out of a dumpster. Our CNC was sold a couple years later. I don't even mm. know if it was sold, um, to be honest. I think it may be still languishing in a warehouse. This was eight years ago now, so I, I have lost track of where the equipment went. But yeah, some, some of the labs were moved into the what uh, a building Drexel had bought, which was the printing, uh, the printing press building for the Philadelphia Bulletin, which if you've gone to Drexel, that's the building where the garden level classrooms are. Ugh. 
and the garden level classrooms are a very very large series of uh, uh, uh it's 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 a whole floor of that massive building which is four stories underground ooh that's a, that's a garden level I, I I love to I love to be a learning orc. Yes, <laughs> I believe the only reason they're there is because there was an underground siding uh, for the Pennsylvania Railroad that would deliver newsprint down there, and that's, mm, that's and they'll just like cram the students down there. Yes, it's really subtext becoming text, right? <laughs> One of the things about taking classes down there is that in any given classroom, you had trains on three sides of you. <laughs> um, because you had the Market Frankfurt line under Market Street, you had CSX Norfolk Southern Conrail on the West Philly Elevated, and then you had SEPTA on the third side, um, and th there's just constant trains all around you, which sounds fun, but you can't see any of them, number one. Number two, you can't hear anything, because they're all rumbling around it constantly, and it's not, it's not so good. Um, mm. <laughs> so... Just, just having a classroom on like an active freight line. Mm -hmm. Well, only one was an active freight line. The other one was, you know, the subway, and well, not the subway. That was the L, but the L was a subway there, um, and then regional rail. Uh, so, um, especially at the seismic testing lab, I know went away completely. Um, there's no more seismic testing labs on the east coast, to my knowledge. Um, which Jesus, is kind of a, nothing kind of a demoralizing effect on a lot of the engineering departments that required actual physical engineering, as opposed to, like, software engineering, which, you know... Isn't real. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> a bunch just of computers. Just yeah. accept it. You're just a computer toucher, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and they replaced them with these privatized dormitories, right? They're not quite dormitories. Because some of them, you know, these are a lot of the a lot it's a living space. They're they're apartments. Some of the Ugh. apartments have two beds per bedroom, though. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And you got to pay like twelve hundred bucks to share a bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking gross. It's it's absurd. It, right? it sucks being in there, too. Hey, but they've got a Chipotle. That's pretty cool. Well. Ugh. They got old Nelson Food <laughs> Company, which actually has like nice pastrami sandwiches. Not uh, breakfast though; their breakfast sucks. I've never had breakfast there. It's I bad. Will continue it's to avoid bad. having breakfast there. So, this is the university monetizing its property explicitly at the expense of academic facilities and research facilities. Right. Um, one thing you mm. should note, of course, is the parking lot right across the street here. You know where you presumably could have put a building. Um, and a lot of times, students would complain, you know, oh, all our tuition dollars are being used to build these big money-making privatized dorms, right? You know, and the university would respond correctly, no, your tuition dollars are not being used to build these money-making dormitories. They're making money because we're leasing the land, right? Mm. Which completely misses the point. It's very funny though that that like yeah. your tuition like is, is absolutely dreadful. nothing to the university. Yeah, uh, but like is is they will still chase you for it. Well, well, I guess it was. It, it, I don't know if they they found a way to shape the narrative that people complain their tuition dollars were being used to build these buildings 
when the real issue is these buildings are being built at no cost to the university, but at the expense of academic and research spaces. Mm -hmm. Well, like this is this is a kind of like acceptable student activism to capital is being like, oh, I'm a customer and I pay your wages. So instead of like. Uh, you're a public institution. You're supposed to be enabling learning, and instead, you're just you've become a, an apartment, uh, like goblin. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, of course, Drexel is private. Um, oh, which is well. yeah. D disregard I'm, that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't <laughs> know private, shit I'm, about I'm, anything. I'm private university scum. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this was the first time they did it. This is the most egregious time they did it. They also did it to a building called the Intercultural Center, um, hmm, which you can see, see right here, right? Um, and they replaced this with uh, a hotel called the Co-op, right? <sighs> because Drexel has... Why is everything a V? Drexel has a co-op program, right? Which is where, you know, you, you spend half the year you in an internship. Fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do get to like make some money and get some work experience, and that was why so many people wanted my resume, which is why I'm, you know, a uh, uh, gainfully employed engineer right now, as opposed to a <laughs> podcaster, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, they the intercultural center had the study abroad office. They had several chapels for various faith based organizations. It was, um, I believe the Title IX office was also in there. Um, and this was all relocated to a basement. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have put the Title IX office in front of this train. Mm -hmm. Pretty so, much, at least they're, they're not even being metaphorical about it anymore. <laughs> but the, um... This is, this is a study of how Drexel University does not understand subtext. Yes. So, uh... I mean, the co-op, the um, the hotel is at least partially run by hospitality students, right? So I guess it's mm -hmm. kind of academic space, but it's like, they... like a teaching hospital, but for hotels. Yes, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> oh God! But the um, the 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 you know the intercultural center, like you know, there's a lot of student like organization space that was in there, which was just not replaced. Right. Well, I mean, it saves you having to tear gas them, right? True. There you go, that's efficiency. I feel like people should have been more militant about, you know, losing these spaces. What do I know? Um, mm -hmm. So, anyway, there are a couple other privatized um, dormitory, student housing type facilities that were built on campus, right? So, this over here is Chestnut Square, right? That's a, that's a pair of buildings. Um... Then they they took this building the university owned, University Crossings, they privatized it, right? This was actually originally an office building for the Pennsylvania Railroad. Um, hmm. And then I mentioned before, the building that four stories underground is where the classrooms were. That's right here, right? Oh, Jesus. So it really is right by mm -hmm. the L. Oh, yeah. Well, no, this is the, this is the elevated freight train line. Oh fuck! The okay. L goes underneath Market Street, <laughs> and then the regional rail trains come through here. But there's also another line that goes under here. 
That's like the least hospitable space you can imagine. It's just being wedged in between. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, we've moved your classroom to like inside this sewer pipe. Yeah, we've actually put it Welcome inside. Welcome to Mordor. <laughs> Mordor, but with a lot more trains. Which, I mean, you know, I kind of <laughs> like, but I understand if other people don't like it. Yeah, you went to the other stuff. Then there's um, the Evo, which is like the luxury expensive dorm over here. Um, more student housing, but you had to be like a foreign student paying full freight to afford uh, that that particular mm -hmm. building, you know. And then what? There's another one over here that again was only affordable to um, foreign students paying full oh, freight. Yeah, yeah, Domus. Domus was also where it was really easy to get liquor delivered to you if you were underage. Um, <laughs> this is yeah. why. Why is going to university in a major American city like playing a game of Shadowrun? It really is. <laughs> so you know they built all these things and they never developed all these parking lots, right? Hmm. Over here, over here, over here, so on and so forth, right? And they're all right next to Thirtieth Street Station, right? Major inner inner city rail hub. What the hell is going on here, right? And in the meantime, they built, you know, in the time I was there, as they were demolishing all these buildings and putting up all the, the student housing buildings, they built one academic building. That's the LeBeau College of Business right here. And of course- Is the world's biggest knife? I remember walking by here. We went out for a walk during Hurricane Sandy and seeing every single metal joist had been blown out of the building because it was still <laughs> under construction. That was fun. Yikes. I, I got a I got a septa sign for 30th Street Station that had blown off a post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, business schools, of course, business schools should not exist. Um, no, you know, there was um, in in the line for Central Park along with sports. What was what was Robert E. Lee's second greatest crime? Uh, w and L, mm. baby. Trying to make gray a morning color. Inventing the modern business school. Huh. That was what he did after the war at Washington and Lee University. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Rebs. Mm -hmm. Just like the, the, the textbook for the first business course is just like Slaves 101. Uh, it's just <laughs> reverse Marxism. It's supply-side <laughs> Marxism. <laughs> <laughs> so, alright. So they built the business school, and that was the only academic building they built the whole time I was there. Um, and of course, business school, you know, it's a much cheaper school to run than, say, an engineering school that requires actual lab space with, like, machinery and shit like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. the most specialized tool you need is, like, a Bloomberg terminal. Um, yeah, which, which is, you can just, like, plumb in. Exactly. And there's more and more floor space being added throughout the university, but actual spaces for academic activities kept getting smaller and smaller, right? Especially student spaces. I remember shortly after I left the school newspaper, um, which was in this building behind Chestnut Square, I had a corner office, so I was hot shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a, I usually kept a, um, I kept a handle of, crap, I think it was Wild Turkey. Um, in my filing cabinet, and it was always filed under W. <laughs> that rules. Or whiskey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
you know, they, they at some point the yearbook tried to claim half the space the newspaper was using um, because they had more influence with the administration, I guess. And I think they got it. I haven't been there since they tried that. But the student organization space has been being reduced and reduced and reduced mm. as more. You just got organized in a parking lot now. I always said I wanted to take the newspaper off campus entirely and put it in a row house. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. But, you know. Can't, can't take away our, can't take away, uh, our space if we're already gone. Just go into the brim with, like, dead Max and shit. Yes. Just, like, get the, 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 the newspaper gets more and more militant until <laughs> we just do the move bombing again. <laughs> he did, uh, he did, uh, a parody. Uh, in Minecraft, of the newspaper called the Rectangle. Uh, should I tell your story for you? Or do you want to tell it? Well, the, the so the newspaper was called the Triangle. Still is called the Triangle because Drexel's old symbol was a triangle of what was it? Um, science, art, industry, indus science, or something. Art, industry, science. Yes, um, which was then later One replaced with Mario the Dragon, which is kind of lame. Um, just like, you know, the, the mascot was the tech men. Now it's Mario the Dragon. Um, Once again, Shadowrun shit. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, the April Fool's Day issue was um, called the Rectangle. Well, I, I don't know which rectangle you're referring to, because I did Oh, the one where you play the International when you loaded it. Oh, yeah, the Bernie Sanders <laughs> 2016 full communism now, Hail Satan headline, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, so the, the question here is, that I'm trying to pose, is why are, why are all these academic spaces being taken out while these parking lots were not being developed for any useful purpose, right? Even even like the 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 printing press building down here, why not put a building there? No one cares. About it. You uh, you got to have somewhere to park your car. It's worse than that. <laughs> you got to sit on buddy forever and ever uh, and ever. These lots were too valuable to be developed for academic yep. space. Yep. Because oh, they did a development. Oh my god, that hurts me in my soul. Yes. Yeah. So, so the no. Yes. Yeah. Shadowrun. Yes. Shadowrun. Shadow Shadow <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck off! They made they yes. made a corporate space. Yes. yes. Well, this is still wide trust. This is so far still under development. Only one building is like even got the foundations poured at this point. This is called hmm. Schuylkill Yards, right? It's like Hudson Yards, but it's on the Schuylkill, and it's not actually on the train yards, which you'll notice are over here. Right, as opposed to the buildings being on top of them, these buildings are on top of parking lot. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Schuylkill Yards ish. So you know, it, it was our last Schuylkill Yards. It was a partnership yeah. between Drexel and Brandywine Realty. Um, and mm, they sound nice. Well, I've had some back when I worked for the firm. I, I did work on a weird project uh, uh, with Brandywine, or Brandywine and Bull. Which... <laughs> Dear Justin, thanks for all your help with Project Arcturus. <laughs> it's not the Denver Broncos, but it'll do. <laughs> no, there was like a weird, like, suburban retail but residential project in, like, Voorhees, New Jersey. 
where the ownership was Ugh. divided horizontally along the center what? of a concrete slab, uh, which meant no one could figure out who was responsible for some kinds of maintenance. Oh, there was only tangentially uh-huh. involved with it. It was very dumb. Um, anyway. <laughs> was that it, the Main Street Promenade? Because that thing's fucking brutal. I believe it was, yeah. I mean, they, they, <laughs> someone owns the first floor and someone else owns the two floors above it, and the ownership's divided through the slab, and it's it's not, that's, don't don't divide ownership of <laughs> buildings do, horizontally. Yeah. Don't do, do it. not do do not do the odd couple thing where you comically tape a line down the center of your apartment to indicate ownership, and then put it down the middle of the refrigerator or something. Engineering's dumb. Don't do it. Anyway, so this is mostly an offices project, um, upscale retail on ground floor. Right there's some apartments, I believe, as well. They're going to do some kind of community benefits agreement, which I'm sure won't do shit. Sure they are. <laughs> yeah, the rent's yeah. going to just skyrocket everywhere. Um, because, like, you know, the Paladin Village is, you know, I guess that's already pretty... I mean, it's never not been gentrified, but then Mantua, you know, uh, will just skyrocket in rents if this thing gets built. Um, is of course, a concept rendering, not final designs for buildings. They got Sharples, Holden, and Pascorelli, right? Better known Ugh. as shop architects. Ugh. Because um, it's a big, dumb New York City architecture firm. Does a lot of prestige mm. buildings. The Domino Sugar redevelopment was one of theirs. Also, one of the new stupid pencil towers is one of theirs. He's got for- It's like a, an interestingly structural box. God forbid they get a Philly architect to do like a Philadelphia- Huge development, you know. It's very dumb to mm-hmm. me. Just one enormous row house. It's like, like a, a row house, but it fills up an enormous <laughs> block, and it's six hundred stories tall. I agree with that one. I I, yeah, I want to say that one. Yes. <laughs> so the thing is, this land under these parking lots was just too valuable to underdevelop or to develop for academic purposes alone. Right? I believe some mm-hmm. of these buildings are supposed to eventually have academic spaces in them. But that relies on them getting built, right? Yeah. So they, which you just like completely sabotage because the university's whole administrative focus now is on doing a land deal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, because uh, just you know the how ideal the site is. I mean, Thirtieth Street Station is right here. You can get to New York City real quick. You can get to Washington D.C. real quick, right? Um, you can get anywhere in the region through regional rail. To inner city bus terminal, supposed to go here at some point. It's 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 too valuable for the university's financial future to be staked on putting uh, academic spaces here, right? <laughs> <laughs> in in order to secure the future of the university, the university had to become a not university yes. and had to become a yes. hedge fund. That's what happens when a fucking MBA runs your school. It's very, very dumb. I mean, Extremely. John Fry is very good at real estate development. He's not good at running universities. Um, mm. I mean, uh, sure, Franklin and Marshall College is on a firm financial footing, but like, does anyone want to <laughs> yeah, go to Franklin and Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, a good school. You just have yeah. to live in Lancaster. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Lancaster's nice. Um, so, yeah, academic functions had to suffer. So the university could realize the largest future monetary gains, 
has been in the work for seven or eight years now. Um, and uh, site preparation has started for one building. I got to switch colors again because no one can figure <laughs> out what I'm doing. The one building right here, they're finally starting work on, which of course looks entirely different. Um, oh. It's red. Yeah, you got some interestingly structural cubes instead of one interestingly structural cube. I like that it's red. I don't like the whole various cubes stacked on other cubes sort of mm. situation. I think that's dumb. I think it's played out. Um, it, it's. I will not... be honest. I I like it quite a bit uh, because I think it's emblematic of Drexel to just have the dumbest fucking building. I don't. I don't hate it. I will say that I don't hate it. But I, I also hmm. think that, you know... Uh, I, like one corner of a Rubik's Cube. I, I would like a building that complements 30th Street Station a bit more. I mean, mm. maybe maybe I'm reactionary because I've suddenly been like, I, you know, maybe we should just do buildings faced in stone. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we don't, we shouldn't do something which looks Reject like a bunch modernity, of... embrace tradition. This is a bunch of, this is a bunch of 1960s cubes just stacked on top of each other in an interesting way. <laughs> mm -hmm. These these are nice. Sure, this is the thing, I'm certain that at least one person involved with this design has described it as playful. Yes. Yeah. I believe they have, actually. I, I, of course. I, I, I bring up the Inga Saffron article about it, I'm sure it says something about it. And yeah, she was is, brutal, I liked it. I know Kate Wagner likes this. <laughs> Well, there's no accounting for taste. He's a friend of the Kate. show. Thanks for nothing, Kate. I, I, I hope I, your VM gets a virus. <laughs> just as, this, is, this is the most on-brand thing for us, is we just abuse guests and friends <laughs> on other episodes. I, again, I don't hate it. I just feel like we could have done more on this space. Mm. But I, think it, I, think it's, I think it's fine. It's fine, yeah. It's if if what you want in a like a central location in your city is fine, then it's fine. Yeah, it's not a parking lot, which is good. But yeah, that's true. You know, okay. Uh, but to sort of conclude on this is, you know, I guess density is good, right? Mm -hmm. But should this, you know, come at the the should this come at the expense of academic space, especially like. Space for engineering labs at the well-renowned engineering school, or yeah. like. Well, no, I mean, you, you could fit so many seismic things in this. Just each <laughs> each box is like a separate seismic rig. <laughs> well, it looks like it already you just got see it hit. bouncing up and down. It looks like yeah. it already yeah, got true. hit by a seismic rig. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, should this come at the expense of student services or student organization space? But are are we really focusing on you know which I think is the future of Drexel at this point at least under John Fry is it just going to be a business school from now on because um, mm -hmm. that's the cheapest thing to do and it probably makes you the most money you know I mean th this yeah. whole like academics as a as a money making scheme getting donations out of your alumni is not a good way to go forward it, no. You you probably have like some vestigial humanities, uh, just for like prestige's sake. But other than that, they have one women's studies course, so Fox News can get mad. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that means that you can go to your donors and be like, uh, we're doing we're doing feminism. And then all of these like nice Emily's list ladies will give you millions of dollars. Yeah, there's one women's studies course and everything else is like crushing the worker four oh three. Political science, so uh. oh, oh god. Go to the early Mac school of law. Uh. Wow, just um they were discredited while I was there. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then they took early Mac's uh name off of it because he was um he couldn't pay. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> Can, can I can I introduce you to my favorite name for a law school, which is uh, <laughs> also very good, but no, it's it, it's also at UCL, I believe, unless I've mixed it up and it's at LSE. It's the Dixon Poon School of Law. Wow, <sighs> wow! I, I I can promise you, I can promise you that knowing people on staff there, they never ever use the full name of the <laughs> school for comic effect on the phone. <laughs> Uh, and to like answer it and be like Dixon Poon School of Law. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that uh, my mother went to uh, George Mason Law uh, way before it turned into uh, sort of the you know Legion of Doom headquarters to the American Conservative <laughs> Movement. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because up until a few years ago, people would be really impressed when you know she was like, "Oh yeah, like I went to Mason for law school." Uh, and then they changed it to ass law, and they still beg for <laughs> donations. And she just always responds, "Is this ass law?" <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that's me at every seminar. They made us uh, when I was in elementary school. They made us do the mile run on the George Mason track every year, huh. or yeah. the, the presidential fitness test. I cannot to this day run a mile. I can bike. 50 miles in a go. I can't run one mile. <laughs> well, you can row. That's pretty impressive. I can row. You, I can row yeah. one mile. Yeah, leg, you can, legs you can are get, stupid. You can cover a mile. Le legs, legs are a stupid invention. They don't work. I am, I am absolutely with you on this it's one, Ross. The but joints. It's the joints that are the problem. <laughs> you get that too much going over, over and over and over again. Because these other things are also leg sports, but it's the, the <laughs> joints get you, and you just have this impact over and over again. It's just unhealthy. No one should run. Get a bike. Yeah. Get a boat. Do something else. <laughs> I, I want to do some like I want to do some pseudoscience. Like you know the thing about how trains can't go over thirty miles an hour because like everybody's lungs will get sucked out. Yes. I want to be like you cannot you cannot run for like some poorly understood physiological reason that like your knees will explode it's or something. I like the idea of uh, well, there's your problem. Twenty twenty. Do not run. Don't run. Yeah. Ultra don't run. Ultra marathoners made up. Don't exist. They're all lying. <laughs> they get a cab. They get a cab after they get out of you. And they, they go to the end of the track and wait around. <laughs> so I suppose I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Hahnemann Hospital, right? Mm. Hahnemann Hospital, yeah. of course, has been in the news recently. Because it was closed down, and the guy who owned it uh, decided, yeah, I'm not going to let you reopen this for the coronavirus virus crisis, because I demand some rent from the city. You know? Yeah, gigantic yeah. shithead. Even by shithead it's standards. Very, yeah, it's you're very, fucking evil. Very mm -hmm. shitty thing to do. I mean, uh, yeah. the justification was, I'm... I'm charging well below market rate, and it's like, dude, just give, mm. give, give them the Who fucking gives hospital. A fuck? No one gives a fuck. That you just close fucking, down yeah. 
because you wanted to turn it into condos. Just let them have just ha- it just have, for six months. Yeah. Fucking just have the have the Philadelphia Police Department do the only good thing they will ever have done in their entire organizational existence, and just come break the doors open with bolt cutters. Honestly, is, is my answer. Yeah. Sue, sue me about it later. You know, where's that kind of governance? But this was also Drexel University's teaching hospital. Yeah. And it was sold for of land course. development. Oh, to be converted into condos. I mean, like this is, this is not Drexel's the, 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 the teaching fault, hospital. <laughs> yeah, the teaching hospital as a whole, and like med school as a whole, is a whole other episode. But like, yeah, the the way in which uh, any university envisions teaching medicine now does not involve having a hospital, for better or worse. It it it's just absurd. This is very uh, very affordable, very centrally located. Hospital, right? It's one of the, one yep. of the several low-income accessible hospitals in the city, but this is the most centrally located and certainly the largest. And it's like, yeah, no, this should be I this should be condos. Yeah, this should be condos. Um, and also, I'm not going to let you have it to treat coronavirus and go fuck yourselves. Goodbye. Uh, you know, um, you can you can find me in Florida. Because a lot of people were graffitiing his house that was for sale in what Rittenhouse Square. Good, yeah. You know, but he lives in Florida. Like you should probably go, go, go mm-hmm. to vandalism. No, you, no, no, you shouldn't. Well, you, you shouldn't should, do you that. You should encourage parody people. And Minecraft. Parody. No, that that wasn't my thing. I wasn't doing parody in Minecraft. I was doing social distancing in Minecraft. You should encourage people who live in Florida to go there. It's around him. That's a good point. Yeah, mm. but stay six feet away. It's very What's around him. Very dumb, right? This is not this is not Drexel's fault, but the just the rot. The rot of the real estate, you know, industrial academic complexes everywhere. Like we can't yeah. do anything because it all has to be converted to luxury housing. Um, so I have a question to close us out, and I feel like this is a natural ending point after we've run for like three hours, and that is, I want to take a vote, like a, a show of hands, if these are our two genders, right, the football team that does child abuse, and uh, the real estate fund that shuts down hospitals, which do we prefer the American University to be, as like a show of hands? Uh, because I think I prefer the real estate one. I'm- I really like college football. So hmm. I will. Uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, was deciding vote. <laughs> no, the the objective moral university here is one that does not have a huge amount of real estate holdings, and which does not have um, a football, team. A, a football or any sort of sports scholarships. I have to go with Washington and Lee University. <laughs> I will be taking uh you know what I'll be taking uh LaSalle University. Mm. <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> Boy. Uh, mm. So everyone, all the Th- listeners thank you know for, we... congratulations on on graduating the well there's your problem normal school. Yes. Yeah. Uh bachelor's course. Oh, that could be a thing if we ever get around to making merch. We can send you uh uh, diploma mills. 
Dan moet je een beetje op Why do you use Land of Hope and Glory for college graduations? Pop and circumstance. Are they the same thing? Why though? Da, da, da. Yeah, but you care. Yeah, that's true. And he was sorry. Sorry, we used an English composer. Uh, yeah. sorry, sorry about the special relationship. Would you like to be speaking German? That's what I thought. <laughs> oh man! So if if we sounded weird during the Bhopal episode, it's because we recorded it immediately after this one, which we're now about to do. Anyway, yeah, we, we, the sleep deprivation <laughs> episode. Oh yeah. Oh, All right, God. so are we ending this recording? Oh, yeah. I think so, right. yeah. I did right. want to say thank you very much for, for listening. Uh, I personally, I mean, Bra's put in a huge amount of work, but this was an episode I did a ton of research on personally. I hope it's good. I hope you liked it. Give us your fucking yeah, and, money. And, and, yes. and, and I showed up eventually. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Still going to take my third vote. All right. <laughs> you need the captions. That's hard work. Yeah, Jesus yes. Christ. No, thank you. <laughs> A division of labor. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.